We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. What's going on, everyone? Joe Cameron and John Rich. It is uh, 94 WIP. Great to be with you off and rolling this Wednesday morning. Well, Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni's press conference from yesterday in the books. We will react to it, play a lot of audio through the show of what Howie and Nick said about the Birds. Flyers, they win last night. Sixers, they lose. They end up losing bad in Boston. We'll do some Phil stuff. Ruben Amaro will be in studio with us later on the show. A lot to do. All of it with you from the phone lines, although we will talk to Elliot Shore Parks from the Combine. Again, so much at 215-592-9494. Richie Rich. Joe. Hello there, bud. Caffeine is a natural pesticide. Caffeine. The stuff that I have begun to drink now. now Welcome aboard. 49 years old. Finally, yeah, an adult. Unlike Joe, not yet an adult, a caffeine adult. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I caffeine, did it briefly, briefly. Caffeine actually affects mosquitoes. And, and they're young. It affects their ability to be coordinated. It affects their appetites, you know, the, the tiny little larva. So it is an effective pesticide. Well, and there, there it is. Another reason to I be like grateful it. for caffeine. Get yeah. rid of those mosquitoes. Thank I, you, caffeine. Yeah, right. A let's, magical elixir. Let's talk about effectiveness. Was it effective yesterday by Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni in their public presen- presentation of <laughs> here's who we are, Here's what we believe in. Here's what we do. Here's what we're going to do. Look, I want to hear from everyone at 215-592-9494. We're going to play tons of audio from the press conference through the show. Obviously, you can react to last night's Sixers and Flyers games. Divergent um, results, to say the least, in those two games. But, you know, we'll start, we'll start with the press conference from yesterday, which was highly anticipated from our end. I'd say in some ways it fell flat because we didn't get a ton of answers. But 
I, ha- I have a specific thought of my main reaction, but John, I want to hear from you first, and I want to hear from everyone at 215-592-9494. John, what hit you the most from that yeah. press conference yesterday as it relates? I mean, look, well, obviously it's in part to the, the past of the Eagles, but what really matters now is the future of the Eagles. You can't change the past. You can only learn from it. The future of the Eagles, what, what shaped in your mind based on what you heard? What hit me the most, and it was a question that wasn't asked, and I get it, I, I guess it's uh, – why Nick Sirianni? You know, that that coming away from the very first press yeah. conference of the season, uh, I I know that sounds negative, uh, but I, I did want to have a better idea in my mind after this interview, you know, exactly why he's still around. Mm-hmm. Uh, we knew it might not be awe-inspiring. You know, this is not this is not Nick's area of greatest expertise, your public speaking. We figured that that uh we figured how he would be well, you know, well spoken, and he would sound uh, like he had a plan, and and that's exactly what it sounded like. Nick was problematic, and it you, you couldn't help asking yourself why is this guy the coach? Uh, my worst fears still remain. You know, after yesterday, I I wish I had more answers. I wonder, coming away from that press conference, do players like Nick? Because he's a good coach, do players like Nick because they respect him? Do players defend Nick uh, to no end because he's easy, he's a push uh, pushover, uh, or because he's a good coach and they admire the 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 X's and O's that that he puts out there and and gives them the ability to excel? Uh, do they respect Nick? I can't say it filled me with confidence yesterday uh, that. Right out of the gates, Nick tells us they're still trying to put their finger on exactly what went wrong. Yeah, that was a little surprising that he indicated, like, they're still doing the review. And it's they're like, still like, in the <laughs> process of analyzing the drop-off. I, I was I was frustrated by that, too. I mean, I mean, theoretically, John, there could be a study that takes two months to, to do, but come on, guys. I mean, it's, it's, it's March 1st in two days, free agencies in two weeks. He like, said he doesn't want to give go. us a premature answer on that. I'm not worried about that part. I thought the same thing. Uh, yeah, it, he said they're committed to getting it better. I, I just... I hate how everything is so vague with Nick, and this has been my problem all along. I know I, I have not been a player. I have not been coached by Nick. I don't know what it feels like if these if if these concepts are being communicated to me properly or not. But that's my biggest issue. If I were one of his players, if things were put to me the way he's putting them, what would I do with it? You know, in regard to leadership, we're told they've talked to Jalen about his leadership style. You know, is this coach, Nick Sirianni, the right coach to explain the nuances of leadership to our young quarterback who is moldable and impressionable. Is Nick Sirianni doing a great job of guiding Jalen into becoming a great leader? That's a major part of Nick's job. So when you listen to Nick talk about leadership yesterday, it doesn't sound like he nails it in a way that if I'm Jalen, I, inst- I, I better understand what's expected of me. As a leader, you know, th- just reading from from what he said yesterday. So Jalen needs to know, needs to lead how he needs to lead, right? And AJ Brown needs to lead how he needs to lead. Whoever it is, Slay's got to lead however how he needs to lead because that's leadership, right? Is being who you are and leading by example. At the end of the day, if you're leading by example, that's a great style of leadership. So Jalen needs to lead how he needs to lead, and I think he's done a great job of doing so. 
and he'll just get like he has done in other things. He'll get better at that part of his game, and he'll get better just because I know he'll continue to work on getting better no matter what part of the game he needs to work at. Seriously? I I don't think that's clear. I I really don't think that's clear. I understand the work part. I, I, I appreciate the work part. Do you think that Jalen is getting a clear and concise idea of exactly what's expected of him as a leadership as put by Nick Sirianni? Well, to be fair, I don't okay. know the answer. So to be f- I don't feel confident okay, in the answer. Okay, fair enough. I'll, I'll say this, though. To be fair, I didn't expect Howie or Sirianni to give you chapter and verse on exactly how they feel Hurts can be a better leader. I understand. Or, or a better player. I, 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 went, I went in with that That's expectation. The, I, no, I, and and I didn't expect a deep dive. Are you saying that but you that you comes question back to whether my problem? Are, it circles back to my problem. The biggest problem: How do the players feel about Nick Sirianni? Do the players respect Nick Sirianni as a coach? No, I know. So I, here's what I think you're saying. I think what you're saying is in the private room when cameras aren't rolling, does Sirianni have it in him to properly lead Jalen Hurts on how to lead? I that, think he's also saying, "Does J- will Jalen Hurts even look to Nick Sirianni for leadership? Like, do, well, can this guy do that? Well, that's, well, that's when, the when point. You, you, got, look, you look to the guy if you believe in the guy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what, John, what you're saying a, is a lack of belief in, in Sirianni or, or Lack of or, belief or in Sirianni. And, and yeah. every player, every player on this roster and every player who's going to arrive into town, they, they have to understand the dynamic, too. Who do they go to with their football questions? I'm sure not all the football questions are exclusively directed to Nick Sirianni any longer. Now you got both coordinators. Now you got Howie Roseman. Now you got Jeffrey Lurie. I, we don't know how they fit in. This is such a complicated puzzle. All right, so look, we want to hear from you at, at 215-592-9494 on, on your biggest takeaway or takeaways from yesterday's press conference. And again, we're going to play a lot of the audio throughout the show. I will tell you my biggest takeaway was, and I'll give it to you in three words, I'm so conflicted. I listen to these guys talk, and obviously we've been hearing them for years. I mean, how we've been hearing for over a decade. Sirianni, we've been hearing now for for three years. And I I listened yesterday, and I'm just so conflicted. And, And here's the conflict within me. So the negative is I'm well aware, as we all are, of the crash and burn, which was epic to end the season. I did not think, and I was very clear about it publicly, I did not think Sirianni should be back as the head coach. I found aspects of yesterday's press conference frustrating. Uh, I thought there were some answers from Sirianni that got meandering that make me question when he is privately with the guys, is he meandering with them hold also? On, hold and, on, hold on. It, meandering is, is, is exactly what he is. Yeah. There is no substance whatsoever. There are questions. I don't agree with, I don't agree with that. There, yeah. Okay, there's questions that fair. need answered. I need to know a lot more. Uh, yesterday, hey, tell us exactly what went wrong. They still don't know. They're examining well, it. Hold well, hold on. The issues that must be avoided in the future. You know, like just give us an idea. You failed massively down the final stretch. Give us an idea that you know what you need to do to to right the ship. Well, to hold you, on. Do you hold to, on? To, okay, but uh, hold on. Okay. He said, maybe we leaned a little bit more into one category of our core values. Connect, compete, accountability, football IQ, and fundamentals. Maybe at times I felt like I leaned maybe a little more into one and not enough into the other. If I'm a player and I'm searching for answers from last year and that's what my coach is providing for the answer for what went wrong last year, I don't know. I don't know any better 
I don't I don't understand any better what went wrong last year. Nick Sirianni, I I I know he uh he appreciates teachers. He loves the fact that, you know, he comes from a long line of teachers. This is what he does. Is he teaching these guys well enough? Like, well, is he getting his message okay, across so here, here, well enough? Here's where I think you're being unfair. And, again, everyone can weigh in on all this at 215-592-9494. Here's where I think you're being unfair to Sirianni on this one, John. He never yesterday said, we fired Sean Desai, we fired Brian, Brian Johnson, we fired Matt Patricia. But you know what they did? They fired all three guys. Now, technically, Patricia's contract. Well, he would say, I fired. No, but no, I, but, but here's, the, he but here's the point. For what went wrong, they gave us an answer with what went wrong, yeah. with who they did not retain, and there was a 0% chance that in, in addressing yesterday what went wrong, he was going to say, you know what? The coordinators did a bad job, and so we canned all the rest. Their actions told us what went Correct. wrong. Correct. That Now, look, was it more than just that? Yes. Sirianni's role within the offense was a problem. He's still here. The problem is when when you do this, when you say, hey, your actions are what was wrong, and the players know what happened behind closed doors, the players know who's culpable and who's not, who's more culpable, who's less culpable, when the rumors are like, hey, Desai didn't deserve what he got, like that's a real problem. Well, so, look, the players were in a tough spot and perhaps still are as it relates to last year, as it relates to Desai and all that. I'll say this. The biggest thing for me was conflict because, and I'm talking about my reaction yesterday, the negative is I know last year was a crash and burn. I didn't think Sirianni should be back. I was frustrated at times yesterday listening. I agree with John. It wasn't like we exactly got you know, all the answers or anywhere near all the answers we wanted. Um, in many ways, in, in many ways, we got sort of no real answers. And that's annoying. The positive side, though, within the conflict for me is this. I listen to Howie Roseman. And, and I, I remind myself to remember that this guy's an exceptional general manager. Like, he is. Not he was. He is. I believe that. I believe in Howie. So when I hear him talk, even though he wasn't going to spill the beans, I say to myself, this is a GM I believe can get the Eagles back on track. When I hear Sirianni talk, conflict really rains on me on Sirianni because on one hand, on one hand, the answers are meandering. I, like John, do wonder whether he has it in his bag to be able to turn this thing around. But I also know as a head coach in pro football, he has made the playoffs Three years in a row. All three years he's been a coach. When I hear him talk, I'll give you, here's the here's the ultimate conflict for me yesterday. And he'll tell you, when, hey, look, we, we were coming out of the greatest culture any of us have ever seen. Right. But can you get back to that culture? Well, Do you know how to get back to that culture? I don't think I've been provided answers. I don't think I've been provided, like, an inkling that you know how to identify what went wrong or how to get back to that beautiful place yeah. that we felt this team was automatically going to stay in. Here's the ultimate, ultimate bullseye conflict for me yesterday, and we'll play this audio as we move through it, but he referenced many times his five core values, many times. And on one hand, I say to myself, man, this might be getting real stale for the players. Like, maybe they connect, uh, accountability, like, Maybe the players after three years in the locker room are like, you know what, coach, enough. 
All right. Because, look, if he said it that many times in a 15-minute press conference yesterday, you can, so you can only imagine how many times he says it in a season, let alone three. Totally. And so, it's so, also something that can, can get stale quickly because it's like compete. Yeah, right, compete. Right, I get it. Right, yeah, we're right. supposed to compete. Exactly. Like, it's not like groundbreaking, profound stuff Correct. Here. So on one hand, I wonder if the message got stale like and, if that's, and, and if that's part and of the reason. The guys resent And it. if that's part of the reason yeah. down the stretch they, they struggled, they didn't respond to his thing. But I do say to myself, James, I hear you on compete. Okay. But you know what? Accountability does matter a freaking ton. It's not a bad core value to have. It's not a bad trait to want to lean into as, a, as an entire organization. So, to me, I have conflict on that one. Then I'll address her. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. The accountability thing. Yep. The, the word was the accountability fell by the wayside. And well, that's part of the problem. Maybe that's it, part of the dissolution. Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. I mean, Marcus well, Hayes' just, report yesterday, the, I never expected. It was reported that many players felt. It was reported that two players spoke to Marcus yeah, Hayes. And I'll say this. If any player on that roster did not think that player one and player 53 were going to be treated different, then they had their head up their ass. Because they are treated different. On every team on in every the team. NFL. On every team. So, you know, I don't put a ton into that. And listen, I'll say this regarding Hurts. You know, yesterday for me was a reminder here. Look, you guys know I've been very down on Hurts. I've been very down. I've been very clear about that. But listening to Sirianni speak yesterday, it was a great reminder for me that I do believe Hurts will dig in to try to get a hell of a lot better. Like, we shouldn't lose sight of that, even if he lost his way for 12 months or three months or whatever the heck. I didn't lose sight of that. Jalen Hurts is... A we didn't know, well, but a lot of people did. A lot of people did. A lot of people did. Son of a coach type guy. No, I don't, like, I don't give a damn about is, son of a coach. I, what I care about is a guy. All we talked about was Captain Intangible for the well, first two years of this right. guy's career. That's right. That's what he's best at. Like the intangible stuff. Well, like the the whole leadership. That's why this whole leadership thing. It's it's crazy. I can't believe it's gotten. Well, to I don't this. think it's crazy because there's a difference between him improving his game. And him improving his relationship with teammates. He can improve his leadership just like two different, he, he can two different improve, things. He can improve his game. It's just that it doesn't seem like it's possible that he could have gotten so far from the mark. So far from the mark. Well, so Carson quickly. did. Okay. Carson's right. a completely different well, person. Right. But and Carson fell apart in so many ways did. that we weren't aware. All right. Look, we'll, we'll take your reaction to all of this. Howie and Sirianni yesterday. Again, we'll play audio coming up next throughout the hour, throughout the show. But. But what do you make of what they said, what they didn't say, how they presented themselves, and ultimately, what do you make of the future of the Eagles based on what you heard and based on what you perceive the Eagles to be as an organization? 215-592-9494. Those phone call, your phone calls on all this stuff, plus the Sixers and Flyers and more. Reuben at 7, Joe Cameron, John Ritchie. It's not- call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Well, great to be with you on this Wednesday morning. Look, we don't get many chances in the offseason to react to what the Eagles say publicly because they don't say much publicly. But yesterday was one of those days. Sirianni was more of the giving tree of information and perspective, I think, than Howie was. Howie was much more down the middle, as you would expect him to be. That's his track record. Sirianni can be verbose. He can, he can tell you stuff. Uh, he can double down on what he's told you before, as he indicated yesterday. He can triple down. Let's listen to what he said yesterday. He was asked a question about his relationship with his players. Now, we'll give you two pieces of audio here. Then we'll get right to the phones. You can react to all of this. Asked yesterday about his relationships, his relationship with his guys. You go through, like, any time you go through a season, whether it's successful in your eyes or whether it's not successful in your eyes, you look on ways, opportunities to get better. And... I, my job is to talk to every single player, and, and, and I've done that, talk to every single coach, what went right, what went wrong, what's your and, – and, and you, you take that into account. You take everything into account, and you try to get better at, at, doing, those, at, at doing those things. I think connection is the, our number one core value, and um, we – there were things that we as a team, myself, didn't do a good enough job of last year. Right, maybe we leaned a little bit more into one category of our core values: connect, compete, accountability, football IQ, and fundamentals. Maybe I, at times I felt like I leaned maybe a little bit into one and not enough into the other. Now, John, you had referenced that earlier. Does that bother you? That answer? Right. Yes. Why? Because it just sounds like the na 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 na. You know, like the like you like my hands mm-hmm. are making talking sounds on either side of my mouth right now. Nah, 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 drolling on. If it sounds that way to us, holy cow, I promise those guys in the offensive meeting room, in the team meeting room, they're doing the same thing. They're rolling their eyes, whether they're actually rolling them or not. So people can I wa- see them. I wonder that. I will say, I mean, as a, as a sports talk show host and an Eagles fan, when Sirianni, and it was probably five or six times yesterday, listed to five, you know, 
things, the five characteristics of core values, it I rolled my eyes. So I, I yeah. agree with you. The players might be rolling their eyes. But I, let's listen to more Sirianni because he continued on. We're not that far removed from having one of the best cultures, uh, you know, that any of us had ever been been around. And, and that's, you know, our players would say that. Our coaches would say that. And it's just some tweaks that we need to do. But make no mistake about it. The things that, like, you can change how you communicate uh, your culture. You can change little ways that way you do it with it. Um, but at the forefront, we're never going to change what it, what the culture is. Connect, compete, accountability, football IQ, and fundamentals. And we have the right coaches in here uh, to do it, and we have the right players in here to do it um, because we have good people in that in this building. Do you have the right plan to do it? Just some tweaks we need to do. What are the tweaks? Do you know the tweaks that you need to do that you're just so close to? You're just so close to this culture. Everyone will agree that everyone felt it. Yes, we saw it. We saw the results. You went to the Super Bowl. You had a chance to win a world championship because that culture was so complete. It's not now. So and I, by I, the way, I think you're focusing on the wrong thing, John. I really do, actually. Hold on. You, that culture, can this coach replicate that culture? Well, that, I think yeah. that's an interesting question. Well, it is. Does he command that level of respect any longer? I, I don't think it's as simple as you, you think – uh, hey, the players want to believe in him, so they just will. Like, you think players still feel the same way about Nick Sirianni that they did when they were in the Super Bowl, especially now that so much has changed. Now the narrative, holy cow, Nick needs Big Dom there to keep him from fighting players on the sideline. That's how this devolved by the end of the season. That's a far cry from highly functional, it is. the greatest culture that anyone's ever been around. Well, so again, I'll say this. I am conflicted on this. want to hear from everyone at 215-592-9494. I mean, I think for me, the $64,000 question looking back is how did the culture get so bad? But I will admit this. Maybe it's not as bad as we perceive. Maybe they just played so bad because their scheme was so bad on offense and their talent was so bad on defense, and maybe everyone just got frustrated with that. I mean – you, you know, I'll just I'll put it I'll put it this way. I'll put it this way. I think there are aspects of Sirianni to still believe in. I hope the guys still believe in him, but I don't know if they do. You think there and are I, aspects of Sirianni to still believe in? Yes. What are those aspects? That he puts a premium on trying to have a good locker room. John, you, uh, let me he let me defends his players in public. He, he has his, their back. That type of stuff. He's willing to make changes if if need be. I mean, now not every time he didn't change the offense last year, but they did compliant. just compliant. Well, maybe, maybe not. I mean, they did just blow out three coordinators. Maybe it's his call. It's probably how he's called. But I, I, let me put it this way, John. You said something interesting about two minutes ago about uh, I don't have the exact phrase you said, but something along the lines of you, you're wondering if if. If Sirianni and they, as a, as a group, if, if Sirianni and Howie know what needs to be done to change things. And where I feel that that is, I mean, look, I wonder it too, I'll say that, but I don't wonder it as much as you. They're about to change a lot. Like, for all we know, Darius Slay might be off the team because they think he's a pain in the butt. Right. Even no, though he's a, a good player. A new influx of completely so, new fl- faces right. who didn't see anything that happened last year. Yeah. It does change. Them. I mean, how, like, how do you change? Like, they're, let's, they're counting on that change to yeah. be a big part of what helps them. He, here are culture changes I could see the Eagles looking to implement, but not announcing yesterday. We're going to push Hurts harder. We're going to have Sirianni tone it way the hell down in his private interactions with players. 
we're going to kick Darius Slay off the team if we determine that the way he conducts himself privately with guys is fest. And I don't know this to be true. I'm just speculating. I want to be clear. Is festering a culture of of non-belief amongst players and coaches? Speculation. But I wonder if they are about to bring the axe down on some dudes that will signify to us when free agency is done and draft is done, you know what? The Eagles, they knew they had a problem. They looked in the mirror and they made changes. Well, it doesn't sound like James Bradbury is getting You know what? Axe. But, so, sir, but, but how he wasn't. What was he going to say? Was he going to get rid of Bradbury? Come on. He's in our plans. he's you in our think plans. we're in a world where that could be? Like where, where Bradbury's Slay gone. would be gone and Bradbury no. is an Eagle? I think Bradbury's gone. I think he's gone in two weeks. And I think Howie Roseman, when he said he's in our plans yesterday, what he didn't tell you is the end of the sentence is he's in our plans for two more weeks. All right, let's go to the phones. There is a lot to react to. 215-592-9494. Where do you come down on all this? Gary and Whitehall kicking us off. Hi, Gary. Good morning, guys. How are you? Doing well, Gary. John, I love your analysis and uh, keep it going because it, it, I just, because, you know, you give us a broader perspective because you've been there. And that's what I, I mean, me personally, I love it. So keep it going. Well, this is a really exciting time of year, Gary. Really yeah. thrilling. The the idea of being at the combine in Indianapolis, I man, I have great memories. I just feel warm and tingly uh watching those guys up there at the podium. This is so much action right now. Yeah. Um the culture's lost because there's no accountability, there's no discipline, and there's no respect. Well, I mean, Gary, that's a lot in there. I mean, how do you know that to be true? They don't hold anybody accountable for their actions on or off the field. There's no discipline for any of their actions on or off the field. And they don't respect the coach. Now, if that's something that he prefers them to call him Nick, that's on him. But come on. Well, hold on, Gary. To be, to be fair, when the season was crumbling and really after the year – other than Jalen's very um, weak endorsement of Sirianni when the season was over, I would say everybody else that I heard speak publicly were very praiseworthy of Sirianni. I'm talking about the players of of him. Like, sure, they're not going to rip him because they play on his team, but I thought they went out of their way to compliment him. I really yes, did, and I, I, and I have no doubt that the players like him. They like to play for him. But the, the question is, why is that? Is it because they know he will always defend them regardless? Does it be because they know they can't get in trouble if he's going to intercede and say, "Hey, you know what? With those bombs at the end of that game, uh, that was me. I was trying to do something there. That, that wasn't those guys. Right. They weren't messing around, and making mistakes. Really, I mean, like." He is the ultimate player's coach, and then some, and I'm positive the players like that. So so is that a problem? They like it so much that they want to keep him around for the wrong reasons. I don't know, and again, it's speculation. Yeah, it I, but again, I came away from yesterday just wondering, is this the best guy to take this well, team forward, I wonder to take too. our quarterback yeah. forward? The way that he speaks, it doesn't give me confidence. Does it give our team confidence can it yeah. give our team the right confidence it needs all right what howie roseman said about hassan reddick we'll get to that audio and a lot more up ahead next your phone calls as well 
your reaction to yesterday's press conference, plus the Sixers and Flyers, all that and more on 94 WIP. I am so glad I replaced my windows with Window Nation a few years ago. Notice that the difference in my energy bills and when it was actually cold out, I noticed that the drafts were not coming through my windows. You will notice this as well, and it's time to fight the cold with quality replacement windows from Window Nation. This month only, replace your windows and save big with 50% off on all window styles, plus an additional 10% off through the end of the month. Act now. This offer is in addition to the zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months offer. With proven quality and service, it is no wonder thousands of homeowners, including myself, have trusted Window Nation for their homes, and you can too. 50% off, zero down, now an additional 10% off, plus zero interest and no payments for 24 months. You cannot afford to wait. Book your appointment today. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yeah, I wonder how, you know, what you make of what happened yesterday with Howie and Nick. As it relates to the past, as it relates to the future, what do you see up ahead? Joe to camera, John Ritchie, 94 WIP. All right, I'll tell you one thing I see, John, is the Sixers better get Joel Embiid back because otherwise they had no shot. Holy mackerel. Well, the Celtics are pretty the, the incredible. The Sixers were looking promising last yeah, night. And, like, they got close. Yeah, and until, you know. That always happens, though. Always. Yeah, exactly. Three quarters, all right, and then it's like fall apart and lose by 20. Do you know why, was It was Because so they're not good impressive. enough. They're well, not good yeah, enough. but there's a different. There, yeah, that is right. That's one answer. The other answer is because in the sport of basketball, yeah, when you want to apply yourself and really try your hardest, a.k.a. what the Celtics did in the fourth quarter, you can. Mm-hmm. And then you take a close game, and then you make it a not close game. See it in the regular season all the a time. A million times. There was What's no, there was no doubt in my mind. Yield. You know, like, Buddy. He's not as good as he was the first four games. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's that what it is. He's just, he, they got him, yeah. like, there's a reason they got him for nothing. Like, I you know, overshot so. <laughs> with my estimation of how great he could be and fill in. He is no what he is. No one can fill in yeah. this, this hole. Like, this hole is Joel Embiid shaped. This is only Joel Embiid yeah, can it's, it's fill this. Yeah, and last night was rough. It was close. It was what thirty to thirty at the end of the first quarter? Oh my god! But then <laughs> it's like it's like it was one to one after the first inning, and they lost ten one. Like come at on. the end of the look, the second half they come out and it's like sixteen straight points for the Celtics. There was a point uh, late in the game where again they just went on a terrible run that felt like we could do nothing to to stymie. 
nothing to stifle. It was just point after point pouring them in, and, yeah. and two two major runs that that gave him that. Look, edge. you guys know I just don't think the Sixers are even close to good enough, even if they get Embiid. I'll say this: if they get Embiid, they are close to good enough. They're absolutely close so. to good enough. And you got great news yesterday that end of March he should be able to come back, getting back and back into shape, yeah, ready to I go. Mean, he will be at peak performance when it matters most. With this great well, new group of you know surrounding characters. Well, they're not a great group. That's the problem. They're, well, they're... not without Joel. Well, here, here's the deal. Uh, I'm going to give you five facts from last night's game, and then we'll get right to the phones. But but consider these realities. Number one, the Sixers had a starter that scored six points, Buddy Heald. They had a starter that scored three points, Kyle Oubre. They had a starter that scored zero points, Paul Reed. And the two players that played the most minutes off the bench yesterday for the 76ers, Kyle Lowry, three points. And Batum, three points. I mean, that's a disaster. Because that's five guys that did nothing last night. And that's just those five. I'm not even talking about some of the other guys. When are you getting to Tobias? Yeah, he's just... (laughs) I mean, it's painful. It is painful. It's painful. The drop-off hurts when we need it the most. It it, Mm. it does hurt a lot. All right, your reaction to the 76ers, what you saw last night, obviously. Look, as John said, there is... um, you know, some growing optimism that, that MB can be back and can be back in late March, which would be tremendous. They desperately need him, as anybody that ever watches any of these games totally knows. All right, let's go to the phones. Plus, Howie and Sirianni, what they said. We'll get to Howie on Reddit coming up shortly. Josh and Maniunk right now. What's up, Josh? Boys, the Sixers are a joke, let's be honest. I mean, that, that game, you know, you have one team that actually plays and the other team it just, like, shows up, and that's what the Sixers are. I mean, you got regular season MB, MVP and beat on the bench, and then you got a bunch of guys that – they're just cashing in. This is why the NBA is so uninteresting. Like, you get to the playoffs, it's a different season. So, Josh, I actually see it largely different. I don't think they're just cashing in. I think they just stink. They're all I mean, there's a reason like- the Miami Heat wanted to get rid of Kyle Lowry and then the other team. Like, the, these guys aren't good. They're not good players. No, they're not. And and they don't care. And, they, and this is why the NBA, they don't show up. And come nah, time, well. Don't show- Listen, I think you're conflating issues. Paul Reed is not a good NBA basketball player. He started for the 76ers last night in a game against a team with the best record in the Eastern Conference. What did you expect? Well, you expect more, but then again, this is is Philadelphia. This is why it beats so so valuable to the team. And, you know, we'll see what happens. I don't think he's coming back. I think the season's shot. You're going to get to a point where they're losing enough games. They're like, you know what? We're not going to do this play-in thing. Well, they will do that. Well, yeah, look, the good news is they're they're going to make the playoffs. I I expect it, They're going to be in the play-in. They're going to be the seven or the eight seed. Maybe it's the nine. got to look it up. But they're going to be – I think it's seven or eight. They're going to be the seven or the eight seed. And he will, Which is an important distinction for what it's worth. If you're going to make the play-in, be the seven or eight, you know, because you get two chances at it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Let's get excited. Okay, real quick. On, on Sirianni, <laughs> Man, I mean, that, that, that was great sarcasm. That was perfect timing. Yeah. They suck. Um, uh, Sirianni, I, of course the players love to play for him. They practice for like 45 minutes, and then they get to shower Lucky. and be cool. Yeah. And, and then we can't, and we can't tackle and make plays during, during, during the regular season. Yeah. Uh, guys, like, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, they took their time. This, I don't know, man. This offseason, it scares me for Philadelphia. I think – I think Philadelphia's in trouble. I think Syria's got this like grace period for, you know, six months, and then when the season gets started, oh boy, oh boy. I think I think Reddick's gonna walk. I really do, uh, and I think Howie won't draft the linebacker. But real quick, I'm headed down to uh, Clearwater Friday. What spot is it go to to see Saturday's game against the Twins? 
in Clearwater. You looking to drink? I have a good time, yes. Yeah, libations will definitely be All right, to be clear, you can drink anywhere in the ballpark, but obviously the big spot is out in left field at the bar. Okay. Yeah, if you've not been there, there's a tiki bar in left field, and that's the okay. biggest party area in the ballpark. With the greatest game. bartenders, Pam, Tommy, they will take phenomenal care of you. You will have a blast out there. That's where you want to be. I, I, I will wear my WIP T-shirt that I got a couple of years ago and, and speak very highly of everybody, so – Dan, Tommy, and that's that's the crew. How are you? They they're they've been there like forever. They're so much fun to hang with. Yeah, they're good. They're good peeps. Josh, good phone call, my man. Appreciate that. All right, let's listen to to what Howie said on Reddick. I think Reddick will be gone. There's nothing that I heard yesterday that infused me with confidence on you know him likely to be back. But I mean, obviously, it's still possible. Um, but I tend to think he'll be gone. Howie obviously will ultimately make that decision. Here's Howie Roseman yesterday. Discussing Hassan Reddick. Can you give us an update on uh, Hassan Reddick? Where do you, where are things with Hassan's report? He was allowed to seek a trade. Do you expect him to be back next year? Well, I'd say this: uh, Hassan, obviously, unbelievable player for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, local kid, great success story. Camden, Temple, Philly. Um, love having Hassan. I think that you know anything that you're trying to do, um, you're trying to blend. Obviously, what you're trying to do this year and, and how you're going to look in the future. And I think that's the hardest job. But um, certainly, you know, don't want to get into any specifics with any conversations with players. But have tremendous respect for the player and the person. What's the best case scenario? Um, I think honest communication is the best case scenario with all your players and understanding um, where you stand and not having, not being afraid to ha- have open doors of communication and hearing where they feel and where we feel. It was a great follow-up question. It was a great – there weren't many good questions yesterday, and there certainly weren't many good follow-up questions. That was a great follow-up question. And for me, his answer was disappointing. Not surprising, but disappointing. Because I think the clear answer, if you asked 100 Eagles fans – Uh-huh. What's the best-case scenario? 100 Eagles fans would tell you the best-case scenario is that Hassan Reddick and the Eagles agree to a deal, and he's here for the next couple of years. That's the best-case scenario. Now, Harry Roseman doesn't want to say that because he doesn't you know, want to have to commit to that concept and doesn't want to have to feel emboldened to give Reddick more money than he wants to give him. Let's remember this is a standoff in a negotiation, hence why the guy likely, I think likely, possibly, I'll say likely, will get traded. John, what did you make of how how we handled that? It did not infuse me with confidence that Reddick is likely to be back. No, it sounds like it's uh, have your cake uh, if you're the Eagles and eat it to the open lines of communication yeah. would be Hassan comes and tells us what is available to him deal-wise out there, and it's likely that's not going to fit into our budget. You know, we are over here having to rebuild half the defense. It's just a luxury, despite the fact that we love him and we love everything he's brought to this team. He doesn't fit our, you know, our itinerary for this team. Yeah, their vi- their vision of cap management. Right. It's it's a shame. And and maybe who knows? And maybe just maybe the possibility exists that the market will be soft for Hassan Reddick, but the odds are terrible. That the odds will be soft for an edge rusher who's got double-digit sacks for three years running. It's likely that other teams will snatch him up. That some other teams have a lot of money. They uh, sure do. McLean said this morning in the Inquirer that several teams have already contacted the Eagles. Obviously, I mean, which is not surprising. Yeah, yeah. Get 
paid. <laughs> yes, they do. Well, look, we'll we'll take your interpretation of what you just heard there and what you make of it, how Howie answered that question and how you read it, 215-592-9494. Let's also get to today's Twitter poll question of the day, a Phillies-related question is brought to us by Armin Chevrolet. Routine maintenance to major repairs. Armin Chevrolet's service team is there to help. Certified service. Visit ArminChevy.com. All right, this is something we got about a month uh, to discuss before the start of the season. My guess is we'll discuss it many times during the season. We have discussed it many times in the last couple of seasons. Who should bat leadoff for the Phillies this season? Now, three choices. We've put them in alphabetical order. They are obviously the three names you know we put in here. A, Kyle Schwerber. He's done it the most the last two years. B, Bryson Stott. C, Trey Turner. How do you size up? How And remember, it's not just as simple as this guy's the best player or maybe even the best leadoff hitter. It's then how you construct your lineup thereafter. Like, I, I will tell you this. I'm inclined to say Trey Turner. But I don't want Bryce Harper to bat four. I do want him to bat three. I don't want him to bat two, and I do want to split the righties and lefties up. So it gets a little gets a little complicated there. So um, how do you assess Schwerber, Stott, and Trey Turner for who should bat leadoff? You can vote at Sports Radio WIP on Twitter. Certainly you can weigh in on the phone lines as well. Ruben Amaro will be with us speaking to the Phils and everything going on in Philadelphia sports, including Howie trying to bounce back, obviously, from a year when the Eagles went down. Uh, Ruben's perspective on that. We'll get to we'll get to Rube coming up in in about 15 minutes. Let's get to Alex right now. Alex, you're on WIP. Hey, good morning, fellas. What's up, Alex? Hey, long time listener, first time caller. Um, Thank you. I, I just John, John, John I, I I got a a movie quote for you. Mm-hmm. You can't handle the truth. Uh-oh. You just can't handle it. I can't. The, the truth. The, the truth is, they just weren't good enough last year. They didn't have the players. The coaching mm-hmm. was sucking. And yeah. they just weren't good enough. And they, they, this time right now is for them to rebuild, to know where they were weak at, to get this thing built and get it, get, get it going again because they can do it. They have the pieces, the, the veteran pieces intact. They just need to get – and another thing, like this, these powers, and I'm going to call them powers, that keep on leaking out information to McLean and whoever else, if you can't put your name to something – then it's just a rumor. It's just a rumor. And, and, and I put no validity to it because these guys don't put their name to it. Like, I, I do. I do. If you're, you're, you're going to be a cancer, then get them the hell out of this team well, because we don't need that in this team. Listen, I think, we don't need that. I think your second point, Alex, is a really interesting and pretty damn good one. So two different issues there. I do put validity in what gets said anonymously that gets reported by notable Philadelphia reporters. So I, I don't dismiss – the concept that there are some unhappy players in that locker room, I believe that. But I think your second point is one that we will find out in March and April. If there are some guys that are gone that you wouldn't think normally would be gone, but maybe the Eagles do view some players, to use the term you said, as a cancer that need to be extracted from the body of the Philadelphia Eagles organization. That's possible. Because there have been, Alex, you know, there have been a lot of guys, even if it's anonymous, that have talked, you know, out of school. There's no doubt about it. Well, but uh, see, and that and that is the problem because that is why the culture is is, is falling apart because we never had that. We ne- they never did that. And, 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 and as far as Jalen being the leader, I remember the Super Bowl year. I watched the videos where they were in the locker room and this guy stood up there and talked to the team. And I I remember how it was. And I know we can be that again. I'm hopeful. 
I know this is my team, and I love the Eagles. I know they can be that again. They just got to get rid of these cancers. Everybody got to be on the same page. The coaching got to have some balls to call the plays and to do, be aggressive the way they need to be aggressive, and we can be there, man. We're right there. We just got to get this thing cleaned Alex, up. Alex, let me ask you a question. Have you gotten a compliment yet today? Uh, no, I did not. All right, I know it's early in the day. We're only six hours and 49 minutes anyway. Most people probably haven't gotten a compliment yet. Let me give you a compliment. You are a great caller, and I need oh, you to call you. our show more often. I'm serious. I will. Thanks, I buddy. Will. Alex, good stuff, All man. Right. Good stuff. Hey, when you call in today, you can uh, win a really cool prize, a pair of tickets to see Santana with Counting Crows at the Freedom Mortgage Pavilion. This is a concert happening early summer, June 21st. Matter of fact, technically, John, isn't that the start of the summer? I mean, technically. Maybe. Yeah. The no, vernal equinox. June yeah. 20, yeah, June 21. No, I always consider it Memorial Day, but, you know, all right. June 21. Counting Crows, Santana, uh, tickets on sale at Ticketmaster.com to purchase them. You can also win them here today. And so, so you had an in- intriguing thought for a question today related to, because you were watching Pulp Fiction recently. I was. And you said the wolf's entrance is all it, time. It's a great entrance. Uh, the yeah. phone call, the wolf's come and he walks in, he puts his hand out, he's like, I'm Winston Wolf and I solve problems. So great, man. Look, here's the deal. We're going to take that concept and brought in and out to all movie history to ask you this question. The best entrance in a movie, meaning like opening scene, first, like, they boom, first 5, 10, 15, 20 seconds of a character the first time he appears in a movie. Like, this is it. This is the director saying, this is that guy, or this is that gal. This is who they are, what they represent. Might be a badass, might be something else. All right, John, when you think of a great in- intro for a character at everyone, at 215-592-9494, the best answer to this, and by the way, I think there are two that stand out for me as winning answers from the same movie. I think they are wow. so Mount Rushmore. I think they are beyond Mount Rushmore from the same movie. I will certainly not say those two. We'll see if anyone gets them in the next three hours. John, when you think of a great intro for a character, what hits you? This was one that I could never vote against. Trinity at the beginning of The Matrix. Remember, none of us even knew what was happening. Like, those previews were kept so tight-lipped, if if you will. Like, no one knew The Matrix. We'd never seen anyone manipulate The Matrix. We meet Trinity, and she's running all upside down, all over the walls, doing crazy stuff that we never imagined before. Holy cow, she's sideways, like, off the ground? What? I mean, it was, uh, awesome it was the kind answer. of thing where everyone in the, in the movie theater was standing up together, clapping, remarking. It's just an amazing moment. We're going to get some great answers here today. Devin, give me an answer for a great intro, a character entrance in the movie. Uh, I'm going to go with Captain Jack Sparrow, his entrance into the first <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean movie. He's, like, drunk on the ship as it's sinking, and then he just hops off onto the dock. Uh Still, I think one of the best characters in, in movie history. He's great. It's a great movie. It really is. Seltzer, when you think of an intro for a character, what hits you? Yeah, my guy comes in and for five minutes just goes nuts. I can't even repeat most of the lines. Mm-hmm. I'll give you one. Uh, you're so ugly you could be a modern mar- uh, modern art masterpiece. Gunnery Sergeant Hartman, when he comes in and just goes off on all of them, Gomer Pyle, the whole thing, walking around the room, unbelievable. There are so many answers that are going to be so notable here today. Again, I'm telling you, I think I've got two 
that absolutely could win from the same movie. I'm going to hold off entirely. Rhea, give me an answer for an intro that grabbed you. Well, Devin and I were actually thinking great minds think alike. I had the Captain Jack uh, Sparrow. No way, no, really? Yeah, I, wow. Because what I love about it is it's it's exactly what he is right. in the whole movie. Right. He's cocky. He's funny. He's irreverent. And his dinghy is sinking in the very first scene. Yep. So that was that was the one I had. I All had right. the same one. Give us. the morning show <laughs> that's right we are without Woo! without someone oh, there he is. taking part oh but here he is he's arrived hi joe I don't go anywhere man i just giving you guys a chance right there <laughs> uh so kind magnanimous well i try i try to be try to be like that good morning everyone no i was just down the hall just yeah, what were you doing? Uh, well, I was trying to uh, get food ready for the next commercial oh, break. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> the food was problematic again. The paying for the food? No, no, it wasn't was it pl- problematic. No, no, I was just, I was, well, first I went to bed. Did you get held up? No, I just, I, I was coming the around food. the other way. I took the long way because it's the cl- closest way to the kitchen. And then all of a sudden I could tell you guys are back on. Oh, I better, better scary back in there. So I scary back in. You know what? Uh, let me just say this to Wector who's in a different room listening right now. Wector, I, I need you to go in the refrigerator, oh my take God. my <laughs> breakfast out, yeah. put it on a plate, oh my put God. it in a microwave, and prepare it That's for the next easy. commercial oh, break. How long is that? Too, too long a break? Job. You can't do that in a break? Uh, it take to, you five minutes also to, 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 go to the put bathroom. it on a plate and Wecker microwave? Is also, I had to go to the bathroom. I was admiring Ruben. The, look how handsome Ruben Amaro is. He's handsome every time you see him. Very nice. Thank you. That's very nice. You are an above-average looking guy, Ruben. That's, how are you an expert? Okay. I mean, yeah, the, okay. the, the assessor of Ruben, looks. good yeah. morning. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Good, good. So, all right, we got a lot to hit here today. And again, we want to hear from everyone on the phone lines. Yeah, interesting stuff. Um, so, Ruben, let, let's start with this. And again, we're going to play some audio of, of Howie and Nick shortly. How tough a spot is it for an executive, particularly after a tough end, to publicly message to the audience, to the to the to the uh, the millions of you know, in your case, Phillies fans, and Howie and Nick's case, yes, for the Eagles fans, the like, we got this, we're adults, we've got this under control, but to not give the secrets of how you're going to do it, how how tough a needle is that to thread? It is difficult, and you know that's that was part of the art of being you know in that position is um, delivering the message. Um, and still being authentic while also, you know, holding the cards because, honestly, I don't think people want to give up the secret sauce or yeah. what, what it is that needs to be done. And, you know, that's a more personal, organizational thing. And so it's hard. Like, you want to be authentic and you want to be available and you want to tell people the, the story. But there are certain things that you have to be careful with because, you know, the end game is to be better. And to um, and to have, you know, to to be a championship caliber club, but you don't necessarily want to tell everybody how you're going to go about it. I mean, there's some things. I mean, I I always felt like it was important for me to to give information and to be authentic, but at the same time, I can't give it all because I think that's becomes more detrimental yeah. to the organization. When I'll sure. say this, I think Howie's job yesterday to go GM to GM, meaning you to yeah. him. I think his job is even 
even much, and I'll use the word much, much more complicated than yours on the public of what yours was on the public presentation of those moments because he's in a sport with non-guaranteed contracts. Like, there's only so many moves you as a baseball GM could make. I mean, guys under contract are under contract. They're probably coming back. Maybe you can trade a couple of them. But, like, in, in football, you can turn over an enormous part of your roster. And yeah. you do every single year. And so I just feel it's more complicated. And, you know, I mean, like, take the Hassan Reddick situation. I mean, that, that, real there's, difficult. There's, that, that's a tough one. That's a real tough one. When, when a player can basically sort of leave the, ball, the club – and still be under contract, that's a hard thing to deal with. I mean, I know now in baseball they have these opt-outs, but they're real opt-outs. Like, they either go or they stay. And so in these situations, I mean, it's really complicated. All the machinations that are associated with uh, the rules, and I don't know all the basic agreement, all the all the rules that are associated with football, but and the ones in baseball are changing all the time, but the there is so much more with the salary cap yep. and, and so many things to deal with. Um, that you have to have a brilliant mind. I, th- I happen to think that Howie is brilliant at handling all that stuff, um, but he's got a tough task because the bottom line is it's not about all that stuff. It's about whether or not the team wins or loses. And that's, and, and that's the bottom line. I always believe that. He should tell Jason Stark that all the time. I said, Jason, it doesn't matter what we do. What, what is the most important thing is you put W's on the board. Right. If you put W's on the board right. and you give yourself a chance to win and you're a contending team every year, then you've reached some some part yeah. of the goal. But so you also you know. Oh, sorry, John. Go ahead. You go. Go ahead. I was going to say, but you also know, Ruben. While in the end, what matters is the end. How much you win. When you can't play a game for six months. Oh yeah. Public perception sets in motion what people think of you and your organization, and you don't want to come off looking like a boob. No. <laughs> and um, and you know, the, with with the way that the season ended, it was so disastrous compared to where where the expectation of this team uh, was and where they ended up. I mean, I think everybody on the planet knew that they were going to lose that 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 playoff game. I can't believe they were so favored. How, I thought it was well, a joke. I, yeah. I honestly in my heart of hearts just because of the nature of the way that they were losing their game. 100%, their defense yeah, had totally. no chance to stop anyone and yep. if anybody had any sense at all on the offensive side, yeah. they knew how to pick this team apart. It was a disaster. It and, felt like that, we didn't have a chance that like we didn't have the appropriate chance that I was looking for. Yesterday was the first we've heard from Howie, you know, since that we we, do, we could have gotten answers yesterday. In, in your estimation as the GM, how good a job did he do? And by comparison, how good a job did Nick Sirianni do presenting his ideas? So difficult for the GM to do anything like sort of midseason after the trade deadline. It, it, it's hard to like all of a sudden – Okay, address A, B, and C, whether it's a culture thing, whether it's a leadership thing, so difficult to, to address in season because then it becomes sort of inauthentic. Like, what are we doing here? I think I do believe this, and I think uh, Sirianni said something about, you know, now they're starting to really get into and dive into what happened at the end of the season. BS. I think that I know that Howie was working on that. Wasn't that problematic all to you? Like, to me, when that was said, it was ding, ding, ding. Are you kidding me? Now, Why I, are we still waiting around for this? Like, th- this now, is absurd. I, I will tell you that I guarantee you, knowing Howie and how he works and how his mind works, that he had been working on this stuff long before the end of this season. Because. He's an astute guy. 
He understands this stuff. And uh, I don't think there's any question. Now, maybe on Sirianna's side, as far as, like, you know, the nuts and bolts and the X's and O's, maybe that was something that he was de- he's dealing with now. But I guarantee you that Howie was dealing with this stuff long before the end of this season. All right, let's get a lot of calls in here again. Ruben with us this morning. Perspective, obviously, as a GM, it was through it you know, on, on the good and the bad with the Phillies there for a good stretch. Eagles are dealing with it right now. Your phone calls and, you know, what you, what you thought of yesterday. And, 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 again, my biggest takeaway was conflict. On, on one hand, I, I found answers to be somewhat vacant and, and not full of detail, although I understand there's only so much they can say. On the other hand, it was a reminder to me that, you know, this group has won before. They've won in a lot of big ways and I do still have a lot of belief in them, even though they lost their way clearly during the 2023 season. Let's go to the phones. Brandon's with us right now. Good morning, Brandon. What's going on, morning crew? Yo, Brandon. How's it going? Uh, it's going. So, listen, so Rube just took uh, basically what I was going to say. You know, I, I listened to what Nick said, but this is what I heard. Either he's completely clueless or he's a terrible liar. Uh, because there, there's no way we are at this point in the off season, and you're trying to convince me that you're still trying to figure out where the collapse happened. It was uh, it was a so, it was a bad statement. It it it, it was a really bad statement. It, it's possible they still have a few details to work through, but if they don't know ninety eight percent of it, then they're dumb. Forty four days, Joe, yeah. since they lost to Tampa in the yeah. playoffs, and you're still figuring it out. Forty four yeah. days. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I I thought it was probably more than anything, Brandon, not true, but more of a – I don't think he was lying. I think it was just a dumb comment, if that makes sense. I think it was just a stupid thing to say. I, and, and I would agree, right? And and also, I think, you know – Seems like most at, of what he said yesterday was on that – No, I don't lines. agree. I don't agree it, with that. It felt very unsatisfying. It felt like I didn't get the answers I wanted. I, I – you couldn't possibly feel great after yesterday. But what I, answer did you I expect? I couldn't believe it was over. But what did you expect it. to get, John? Well, I, I just wanted some satisfaction, some knowledge that it could get better, that there was a plan moving forward. I, like it, Again, it just I, felt like it was talk around everything I, instead of talk well, it about was. I think the there's problem. another thing to it, and I can understand where John's coming from because I felt it too. It feels like in both press conferences, despite the way they looked in the last one, yep. That the Eagles, and I know they do. They're the Eagles. They're they did it happened to them, but that they don't feel the collapse the same way we do. That they're kind of just like, oh, it happened. We're going to move forward. I agree with you. Whereas guys. we're like, this is a big deal. There are real issues here that need to be addressed and talked about, and and it felt like it's kind of just glossed over and moving forward. I think that's what's frustrating. I agree. Yeah. I don't. I I yeah. I actually disagree with that. I think that they are perceptively. In perception, they're trying to gloss it over. But I do believe that they're intelligent and wise enough to understand oh, I agree. that there was a true collapse and there was a reason, several reasons why. I agree with that. I, I think they feel it, but they're not messaging it to us that they feel it. Well, but I will say this, James. They did in the press conference a month ago. They I did. Mean, they were they just looked down, though. But what they said, what they talked about, like, again, even from they, the beginning, yeah. how he comes out and he's like, sorry, we're late. We had to meet with player this night. He didn't even acknowledge he was like half an hour late on the day. Right. And then they're kind of just walked past the whole like, 
know, did we think about fire? Any, it right. just like it just felt like it was a lot of like nothing to see here when there's a lot to see here. Yeah, but I don't think that they're going to sit there and bury the organization because they had had a pretty good first half of the season, yeah. and you know they they were still probably working through some of the things that they had to address. Well, and again, Brandon, this is what Reuben and James were just doing. That's the conflict within me with yesterday. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm talking about. I'm, it doesn't. I'm torn on that. His answers don't make sense, though. Like, like if I'm a player and I'm given an answer that just doesn't compute, then I don't like. I don't give that answer respect. I don't give it credence. I don't give the answer giver the respect that Nick needs to get from these players. Like the idea, the idea, the, the trust is broken. Is is my point? Like Nick is no longer. A lot has changed. But I don't think it is. I don't think it is broken. Of Nick, really? No. How could it not be, Joe? Because I'll tell I'll tell you why. It's a good question. Last be- last because year he did not have the answers. We were told they had to go outside to I, go find someone right. who could solve the the offense. And you know what they did? They went outside and found some people. Like I, I don't you see how that diminishes the the person who remained who was brought in to be the offensive play caller yes, initially. Yes, but but there's two different issues and 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 my man Brandon, thanks for the call. There's two different issues. With um, there's two different issues with trust of Sirianni. They're completely separate. There's trust of Sirianni as a leader. There's trust of Sirianni as an offensive mind. I never heard them publicly question trust of Sirianni as a leader. To the point where I actually think they, the players still believe in him and still believed in him as leader. I believe that. I could be wrong. That's what I think. Well, I think that's misguided. Again, again. Well, hold on. I, what I think happened is I think they lost faith in Sirianni as the offensive guru guy uh-huh. based on his non-adaptability as that season was obviously being proven to not work. Mm-hmm. And they did make a major change saying we're bringing in Kellen Moore. And in all likelihood, Kellen Moore is running the offense. I think they but don't. You see how that kneecaps. I Nick I, I do, but there is also the possibility that the guys will say, you know what's good about this? Nick gets to do what he's good at. He gets to he gets to lead the team. I hope that's the case because I think that there's a serious and 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 this is a tough position to be in, man. As a as a leader of a of an organization, in, in this case, uh, the coach on the field, to have that kind of target on your back. Now they've made major changes now on both sides of the coordinator. Yeah. Uh, you know. So, and 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 obviously with the offense, et cetera, and then are sort of clipping his power on the offensive side. It sounds like it does sound that yeah. way. And so, you know, when that's his area of expertise, and they're sort of clipping that now, now his leadership is the one that's going to be sort of people are going to focus on now. Hundred percent. And so that's all that's left. That, that's where the target. Exactly. That's yeah. where the target. How about that for scrutiny? Yeah. yeah. And that's that's where I mean I I almost in a lot of ways feel badly for the guy exactly. because he's he's got a lot of heat on him right now. Exactly. He sure does. I think belief in leadership is why Sirianni and Howie brought him back. Otherwise, there's no reason to bring him back. All right, your reaction to all of it, plus a lot of audio of what Howie and Sirianni said yesterday. Joe Conklin dialing up a song for Who do for these us. players go to? Who do these players go to with, with questions, major questions about major issues? On what topic? That's what I'm saying. No, on what topic? I, I think it around football. Football, period. On, on the on the, scheme, on the scheme, there, they go to Kellen Moore. I'm, on, on, hey, I'm having a bad day. And, they you go know, to Dom. They, they, well, they go I to, mean, they do. They probably do go they to do. Dom. But they also go to Nick. I mean, we can't shortchange the fact. Uh, guys, Jason Kelsey has gone to the wall publicly to support Nick Sirianni. He really has. But he really, really has. When you expect him to. 
Yeah, but I heard a I lot would. of guys say a lot of positive things about Sirianni. And I think that's why Howie Nick again, chose to I keep would him. Love, I would love to play for a guy who, again, he is certainly the player's defender, protector. He is. He's always going to do the player's perspective, their side of things. He's on their side. That's why they love him so much, not because he's a great coach. All right, Woj with an update on Joel Embiid. We'll get to that. Conklin, audio, your phone calls on 94 WIP. Do you know somebody like we do here at WIP, family or friend, who just got a new pet, maybe a new puppy, a new kitten? If you do, head over to one of seven dogs and cats rule stores. Put together a gift pack for the new pet parents. They got fun toys, great treats, maybe a reflective jacket for safe walks, which is a really great gift for dogs, and fresh food. Because pet parents, all the talk about pet food is fresh is best. The lead dog, George Perante from the Dogs and Cats Rule Stores, says when it comes to fresh, they have it all. So whether it's gently cooked, raw, freeze-dried, dehydrated, or air-dried, a fresh meat diet along with fresh fruits, vegetables, and superfoods is today's answer for your pet's well-being and health. And they've got the largest selection of fresh meat diets in the region of Dogs and Cats Rule Stores. They've got experts on staff. They'll answer any questions you have about what products your dog or cat could benefit from. Dogs and Cats Rule, seven neighborhood locations, Princeton and Pennington in New Jersey, Newtown, Doylestown, Maple Glen, New... All right, great to be with you on this Wednesday morning. Go to Cameron, John Ritchie. It is 94 uh, WIP. All right, so a lot more on Howie and Nick up ahead. Let's also get to the Joel Embiid report from yesterday because there was some good news coming out on the Joel front as it pretty much always comes out now on the national level. In this case with Adrian Wojnarowski um, giving you some perspective on ESPN. And this was a good update. Doesn't tell you everything, but it's a good update. Let's listen to what Woj said yesterday about Embiid on ESPN. They still are optimistic that they can get him back. I think there's some hope, you know, that they can get him back on the court uh, by sometime in late March, uh, back starting to uh, get into condition. And listen, the goal here isn't necessarily to try to bring him back and see how many regular season games you might be able to win with him. The goal is to get him as healthy as he can be for the postseason, hope they can hang in where they are, and then have as spry and mobile and conditioned of a Joel Embiid as they can for what would be either a play-in game, uh, maybe as a seventh seed, or at five or six, you know, a nightmare first-round matchup for a team um, that gets home court advantage in the East, and all of a sudden here comes a healthy, a healthy Joel Embiid. I know an irritating aspect of that uh, report. I mean, it's good. It's good to hear that it's trending in the right direction, but an irritating aspect. He doesn't specify on the court to get him, quote, back into condition. Is he, is he saying in a game on the court, or is he saying on the court in practice? He doesn't specify it. It's a pretty important specification. It's huge. <laughs> because if it's to practice, is that a two-week lead-up, a three-week lead-up, a one-week lead-up? I don't know. So I know a lot of people heard that and the thought, oh, Joel's going to play. lead up is nice. No, I know, Don't but a lot of people, yes, but yes, it does. It's about yeah. three weeks before the playoffs. If you want to say, you know, March 
20th or March 25th. That's that's a huge plus. No, I agree, but I think a lot of people heard it and thought, oh, Joel's got a good chance to play in a game in one month. And I'm not sure that's what Woj said. I'm not sure that's not what Woj said. I don't know what he said. I heard it the same way as you. I didn't know. I heard it, and I was like, exactly what do you mean there? I had the exact same reaction. Yeah, anyway, he did continue on. More of Woj talking about the Joel situation. Probably about a week away from him getting – uh, from getting an update on a timeline with right. him. But I think there's still optimism in Philly uh, that, that we will see Joel Embiid again this season. All right, so that's a good thing. That's a good, and by the way, what Woj said in the first cut, where he said the ultimate goal, you know, some paraphrasing here, is to get him ready for excellence in the postseason, not, you know, condition-wise. That should be the goal. Like, it's not going to make a difference whether the Sixers – like, honest to God, even six seed, seven seed, eight seed, I don't, even, I don't even give a damn. I really don't. I really don't. What I care about is that you get the best of Embiid, whether you're six seed, seven seed, or eight seed, you get the best of him so you actually have a shot in the playoffs to do something because he's best conditioned to be what should be the best player in a series. I mean, that's, well, that's the goal. Having a runway prior to the postseason is going to allow them to get the best of Joel out of the, his play. So uh, th- this well, is shaping but, but up John, in the that, proper but direction. But that depends. Does he there, play there for were a lot one of people, week? Joe, you were questioning whether he'd be able, able to come back this year. We're getting news that they are very confident that he's going to come back, not only come back, but come back in time to where he can round into form prior to the postseason. But here's what you're missing, John. Very if, positive. If get on the court in practice is March 28th, get in a game might be April 9th. The playoffs okay. start right after that. Okay, and and I'm telling you, right now, his knee is probably the same as it will be when he takes the court to play. No like way. It, I'm telling well, you. Well, then why isn't he playing today? Because they're awfully cautious, No, that's they? not the reason, because yeah. he's rehabbing from a major injury. It's not a major injury. I don't injury. think it's a major well, injury. Well, let me put it this way. It's, I it just is don't think close it is. It's not a major injury. Ruben, do you think not- he could play in a game today? Yes. I think that he could. Oh, for the love of God. I think that he could. You think physically, he could play in a game I think that he physically could play times. on his knee? Yes. 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 And why do you think they're not playing him today? Because they're being really cautious. Because they so know that without him, matters. they're done. And that's obvious. But oh, without I him, see they're it done. Different. I see it very, no, very I different. Think, I think that, honestly, I do believe that it is that it was one of those surgeries that needed to be cleaned up. He cleaned it up. And now he would be, and and I think he's probably gone through, you know, at least some of the rehab. I think they want to go full well, rehab and get him 100% before they put him on the court. All right, let me, let me pose the question a different way. Could a guy technically play in a game? Sure. They are they're taking it the way they are because they're trying to protect his future, though, right? That's I, not a bad thing. I think they're trying to protect this year's future and, you but know, But the long-term. future future. That's yeah. what I, yeah. All right, all right. Well, listen, all right, John, John's got someone on his side. When they listen. have that surgery, they tell you, hey, when the, when the swelling's out, you're good to go. Like, really, all we're battling right now is getting the swelling out. That's the only problem you're facing. Okay. And, when that's, and, and for me, it was a week later I was able to play. For everyone, that's going to be different. But once the swelling's out, you're good to go. And once the, there, there is a uh, doctor that once told me the second that they go in, you lose like 10% of your strength. Just in that area, and I think so. It's a, a to me, it's one the swelling and two the strength. And once he gets the strength back, and it does, shouldn't take very long. Um, and I know he's a bigger man, and that's he's a lot of body to move around. Yeah. But I think that once that's ready to go, he's ready to go. All right, audio yep. of Howie and Nick, what they said, your reaction to the MB thing. Let's go to the phones. Jeffy is calling from Quakertown. Hello, Jeffy. 
Hey guys, how you doing? Jeffy, can I ask you? Doing a, great. Jeff, I, I, yeah, you name, buddy. Here we go, Jeffy. You ready? It's my. What, what do you call me, Jeffy? That's what the screen says, Jeffy. What's your? You tell me what your name is. Oh, no, I thought you said it was an F, as in Frank. No, Jeffy. I said Jeffy. Well, here's the question, Jeffy. Is, Why didn't? Is it Jesse? It's Jesse Adams. Yep. Oh, well, that's, uh, <laughs> it was in the system. You think I heard Jeffy? It came up. He had well, called someone before. Here heard someone like... did. It comes up oh. if it's already in there. Has to be Fritz. Has to be like Probably it. was Fritz. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like the name Jeffy? Jesse? I'm like every time I call, he calls me Jesse. <laughs> All right. Well, we're we're back on track. Hello, Jesse. Right. We don't have to rip your name anymore. All right. Go ahead. How are we in Nick? What do you got? Anyway, what are we even arguing about if we get the same effort that we got out of Joel last <laughs> this uh, postseason that we got out of him last postseason? So what does it really matter, right? Well, well it does matter. I feel yeah. about things as far as Embiid and that Sixers go. And Sirianni, I was out on him when he started yelling at the fans. I mean, <laughs> if I was this player, that would have been it for me. That's it. The fans like being he, other teams, just to be clear, other teams' fans, you're saying? When when he just starts jumping around and acting like a maniac, like act like you've been there before. Well, I don't dude. like it either. I agree with you. I Jesse, I expect that he will be different in 2024, and I will be disappointed if he's not, and I will be disappointed in Laurie and Howie if they didn't talk to him and say, hey, dude, knock it off. Yeah. yeah knock it too. off. Um, my, uh, my movie. Can I give it up to you? Yes, give me a size. For those just tuning in, we're looking for the best introduction of a character in a movie ever. Very beginning of this person walking into a scene and making a, making a moment. Jesse, okay. who do you have here? This one's going to be borderline, but it's going to be one that just, it, it shaped my whole childhood and it's Jaws. Wow. That's the shark. That's the a great shark. answer. <laughs> wow. like Jaws. That's really clever. Yeah. Yeah, the Sharks. fin. The fin. Okay. Is that what you call it? The fin or the tail? What is that thing called? It's a fin. It's a fin. It's a fin. Okay. Who called that a tail? <laughs> well, I don't know. Tail. I can remember what part. Joe. Out of the water, I can't remember what part it is. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> oh, buddy. It's in the middle of the shark's body. Well, how do you know? The rest is <laughs> how do you know the rest is under the water? How do you know? What do you what do you think you call that? How do you how do you hold know? on? Hold is on. That a tail what or what is the name of that thing? Well, we just determined it's the fin. We just did this. Yeah. What, there's more than the fin? Yeah, well, I, it, I oh, guess no it's not worth it. It's the dorsal fin. No one cares about you that. actually thought that might be the tail? I got confused. Oh, wow. let, let, a guy be, <laughs> let, let a guy be confused. And again, I will state, how do you really know if the rest of the body's under the water? How do you know? Let's go to Louie. What's up, Louie? Yeah. Hey, what's up? What's up? Hey, Louie. Hey, what's up, John? Joe, hey, man, uh, I'm glad I'm back on. So I just want to start by saying you guys are making some great concepts. Uh, y'all hitting on all cylinders today because uh, I just I'm gonna start by saying next year Sirianni or how he won't be with. So y'all take it how y'all want. And I got a good a couple good points to make. And like I said, I have to agree with John. When that's all I heard from the press conference yesterday was like blah 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 blah. Same old Sirianni and uh, same old. Uh, Howie. So, as far as Sirianni, I just want to say that he, uh, if you don't know how to lead and make the adjustments needed to uh, turn your team around after spiraling like that, you don't deserve to be. Well, his phone just zapped out. Whoa! He told gone. us uh, he told us yesterday that his plan was to double down on the accountability. Um, part of the problem was 
not all the players were being held accountable to the same degree. And and now that that was reported and players had some issues with it. They could so change that, tough. though. To be fair, they He's could gonna change that. He's going to have to. Yeah, I agree with it's you. Gonna have to be, there, there's going to have to be a lot of clarity about, hey, guys, I messed up. You know, like, this is going to be fixed. It must be right. fixed in right. order for us to be sustainable and the great team, the great organization that we want to be. This is how things need to be run. Like, it, it really needs to come from an honest angle to start. Because man, it was it was way off base. Well, it, yeah. Look, obviously, some some combination of things were way off base. I mean, they were they were dead at the end of the year and made it, it seemingly made no sense. Because it's one thing to struggle if teams have figured out your offense and your defense struggles and your defense is horrible, but it's another thing to just be dead. I mean, it was like their soul was taken. I mean, really, that's what that's what it looked like. And you know, you guys know, I I wondered if players were frustrated with Hurts and. I kind of get the impression players were frustrated with Hurts, but I think they were frustrated with more than that. They were frustrated with Sirianni. They were frustrated with Brian Johnson. They were frustrated with Desai. They were frustrated with Patricia. I mean, it, it went all over the place. I yeah. mean, all over. Ruben, let me ask you a question. So, the, the Hurts season. Yep. I think there's a good chance the Eagles this all season will try to push him in another direction. They might not publicly say it. They didn't say it yesterday, but I think they might be harder on him. Um because it's probably required, the situation. D- did you ever have a scenario where you felt, man, this guy is a great player and has established, but he got a little – he started drifting, and I've got to sit down and say to my man, dude, I need more from you. Yeah, two very prominent players, one pitcher and one uh, everyday position player, where, you know, after having really phenomenal seasons, they started to get pulled in different directions. And the the focus – what I couldn't understand was, if, like, if you were going to have success in the offseason preparing, doing X, Y, and Z, why would you not then, and then have a great year, why would you not then do it again? And why would you not follow that up? Now, um, I don't want to get into the specific names, but I did have conversations with them afterwards and said, hey, listen, the reason why you guys are now famous <laughs> nationally is because you're great players. You're a great pitcher, and you're a great position player. And it's not because people love you and you're good looking and you're, you know, affable and all that. It's about your ability to play and to be a champion. And so, you know, I had to have some delicate discussions and I think that's what's good. What probably would, would, will have happened or either has happened, will happen with Jalen hurts because it's, it's about evolving. It's about evolving, right? It's about whether a guy can become the next best player. And, um, and, and, and improving, and I do believe in my heart of hearts, I'm a huge Jalen Hurts fan, huge, and I do believe in my heart of hearts that while it may not be his personality to be that vocal leader, that he will do things differently to be a better overall leader of the team. I agree and with a you better on that. Quarterback. I, you know what? That that's one of the things that struck me yesterday. Hearing Sirianni talk about that Jalen wants to work to be better. I don't think that's lip service. I think it is a reminder to someone like me, who's been a, a doubter of Hurts recently, after being a big believer in Hurts, like, hey, Joe DeCamera, remember this. This guy is the same guy 12 months ago that almost won the Super Bowl and almost outdueled Patrick Mahomes, and other than dropping the ball on the, on the, on the ground in one play, literally did play better than Patrick Mahomes. Like, that is a fact. The, the thing that... that and, and so he can get back to doing it, but to your point... He's got to drill down 
if this, he if he drifted. Is this yeah. the pro- is this the process of like you have to believe it in order for like you to actually get there? Because this is what Jimmy and I we have, have been, been saying, saying this to you for, for a while, ever. <laughs> yeah. Like, why is it that now you finally well see be, the light? Because is there's it a, because there's a different no, there's a different issue. Here, here no, let me, that's a great question, John. Here's the issue as I perceive it with her. Two different issues. There's hurts the connecting with the, the teammate thing that we're hearing is getting a little wonky. But then there's hurts the player. So I was just talking about hurts the player primarily there. The the thing that has caused me to doubt hurts the player is whether he has the second and third and fourth gear within his game to do things differently if he's met with resistance by defenses. Like he clearly was able to do something spectacularly well, which was when you're taking the league by storm with the read option offense, before defenses adjust to it, he could dominate with it. But once defenses adjust it, I wonder, now that he needs to do other things to be still exceptional, can he play quarterback from under center and drop back with grace to three-step, five-step, seven-step, plant, and throw? Can he stay in the pocket? Can he, can he, can he sense where the pressure's come, coming from and step up when necessary yes. and not escape. He can do I, these things. I no, believe well, that he can do I don't know that. Regardless of if he can, go to your point about what you just said, though. He will work to do he those will. things. Yeah. Whatever it takes to try and do all those things, yeah. he'll put in the work. Like, totally you can count on football, that. His whole life, I agree. I'm positive he's way better at these things than you give him but, credit but John, at what, this point. What worries me he is – He will continue to improve at these things. Here's what worries me a lot. He dominated a certain way – playing that way the vast majority of times he played. If we had seen Jalen Hurts the last three seasons under under center for the Eagles, 30% of the snaps, I'd say, I know he's got it in his bag. I've seen it 30% of the time. They never run a play from under center. I can understand why you would have some other than a quarterback sneak reservation about it. But see, this is where the difference between champions and like good players come. This is a guy that I am convinced, and I don't think it's lip service, that he will do everything in his power to whether – if he has a shortcoming somewhere, he will make it better. He's going to make it better, whether it's emotionally as a leader or it's physically as a, as, a, as a leader on the field. I believe that this is a guy that will take it to the next level because he's had to battle through it his whole life, his whole career. But the he's, thing that confuses me is did he not recognize that something needed to be addressed and fixed and worked on this year? Well, like that's why they they season. they improvised in that Seattle game, which was a you know dreadful mistake. I think that's no. I you... think that's a different issue, John. You're saying the things I'm talking about. Did he not recognize it in November when defenses were changing on him? And he's like, all right, now now I should start having other stuff in my bag. Mm-hmm. Why did a playoff game get played seven eight weeks later, and he still looked like the exact same quarterback? Well, because that's naturally, because what... that's not his natural way of of. I mean, that's not his nat- those natural abilities. This is something that he has to work on. I mean, let's let's talk about his arm stroke. He changed his arm stroke as a thrower. Do you know how difficult that is to do? To in the middle of a no. career after years, and I, it is I, I virtually like impossible. impossible. Yes. And so I've seen it. You know, now there's pitchers happen. are doing it. I, didn't like, he do it? Didn't he change his like his, literally his change his arm stroke? I don't remember that. Like two or three years ago in the off season, like his ability well, to he get worked, the ball he worked, out quicker. He worked with the quarterback right? uh, guru guy, right? Yeah, and so yeah. I mean, he's done things that like you really don't see all that often. I think this is a guy that does things very, very differently. Look, there's a lot to believe in with Hurts, but I think there's some stuff to doubt with Hurts. I mean, John, I'll go back to just the process and information. Look, I have no doubt his arm's good. I want a quarterback that sees the field better than I think he does. I don't think he's a disaster at it. Let me be clear. Let me be very clear. 
I'm not saying he's bad at it, but if you're paid like one of the five highest paid quarterbacks in football, I need you to be great at but it. But that comes with experience. It like does. With Drew Brees, Tom Brady, we're like, they, they, you coaching. can't blitz him because they've seen right. everything. He hasn't seen everything yet. And right. when, you, when you don't have a coach who's teaching you properly what you're looking at, what you need to be looking for, uh, that, that becomes problematic. I do think Kellen Moore is going to be – like. It, Kellen Moore has shown a plan on the field for what ailed us, which was the blitz, when extra players right. came after our quarterback. Yeah. I, I expect it's going to look a lot different this year, a lot different in every way, but it's going to take a lot of work, a lot of, a lot of time and effort from this quarterback. We know he will put that in. He will adapt. This is going to take care of itself when Jalen learns the new offense and has he's better equipped to understand what he's looking at and how to combat it. All right, well, listen, speaking of that new offense, let's actually uh, get to – we'll get to something on Hurts related in a moment, but let's start with the offense. Something Sirianni said yesterday when asked about Kellen Moore, obviously hired, and Sirianni working together, the Kellen Moore-Sirianni thing. Notice, by the way, Sirianni hired Kellen Moore. He hired Kellen Moore. Here's Sirianni yesterday. What parts of Kellen Moore's scheme will complement those reports? Yeah, uh, good question. Um, so – Obviously, Kellen. I hired Kellen because you know I felt like he was the the best guy uh, for the job, and 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 Kellen's been successful in in every place that he's been. I know it's relatively a, a young career, but he's been successful as a player. Um, he's been successful as a coach. Um, you know, and and so, you know, I like the way he thinks about football and the way he he takes everything in and and is able to make decisions off of that. So it's been fun getting to know him. Um, you know, I've always had respect from him from afar, um, and it's been fun getting to know him and work through these things together, uh, you know, to, to build our offense for, for next season. And, and so he's been highly successful, and, and we've been highly successful, and I think that, you know, I'm really looking forward to meshing the things, you know, meshing what he's done really well together with the things that we've done really well. Um, but and and I again, I think it's going to be a really a really good match. Uh, and Kellen's track record speaks for itself. Hey, look, let's hope it is. And and obviously, Kellen Moore does have some success in the past. Let, let's get to Hertz specifically. Sirianni was asked yesterday on how to make Hertz better. Let's listen to what Sirianni said. Jalen's obviously had high high moments of success. You know, last year in 2022, a runner up for, you know, you know obviously up there for the MVP award and, and through the first 11 games, the same thing here. And then we had a, and then we had a fall off as a team and it was, it's not a Jalen. It's not just me. It's our team that we had a fall off as a team. Those last, you know, last six weeks and we, that we all need to get better from. Um, but Jalen's played some really outstanding football. Here's what I know about Jalen. If like, Whatever he needs, whatever he deems, we see that he needs to work on, or he needs, uh, he sees that he needs to work on. He's gonna get better at that uh, because he puts everything he has into it, and that's, and that's a form of leadership too. Like Jalen sees something that he feels is a weakness of his, or we feel like is a weakness of his. He's gonna dive everything that he has and pour everything that he has into it to get better from that. Like that's leadership. Like that's a form of that's a form of leadership. And so I'm again. I know that you know. Obviously, I'll keep some of the things that we that we've all talked about. You know what I need to get better at. What he needs to get better at. You know to ourselves. But I know this that he'll put everything that he has into getting better as a football player, be, being better as as a quarterback, so we can win more games as a team. All right, your reaction to what you heard there from Sirianni and other stuff we've been playing from Howie. 
the press conferences yesterday. Let's go to the phones. 215-592-9494. Let's talk to Justin right now. Hi, Justin. Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Doing well, Justin. Uh, I uh, want to ask about uh, Jason Kelsey. Uh, did he retire? No. Like, is it a fish? Okay, because um, I'm seeing on NFL.com uh, that next to Jason Kelsey's name, it says retiring, like under the list of available free agents and uh, – um, I so think I have- the initial report by Schefter confused people. I mean, let's put it this way. He is certainly not officially retired in a way that he's publicly announced it. I don't think he is privately retired. Um, okay. but, matter of fact, we know he hasn't because he publicly spoke two days ago or over the weekend, whatever it was, that he's still deliberating. So he is deliberating. But I think some national outlets got confused by the initial report. There is a large, I don't say assumption, but a lean. I think most people nationally think he will retire. but. Time will tell. Oh, and my thing about that is it's like if you're in a relationship and they ask you, you know, do you want to be with me? And, and it takes you this long to give an answer. Like, like that's kind of an answer. Nah, isn't it? like, it's okay. I don't, it's okay. you know, it's I don't okay. want this, you know, um, if your heart's not in it, then, you know, I don't want them to be halfway in it. And, well, a relationship doesn't affect like your physical health, like plain people yeah. does. Yeah. I agree. I uh, mean, Justin, uh, here's the way I look at it. It'll be bad for the Eagles if Jason Kelsey doesn't give them an answer by the start of free agency. Last it, year he gave them the answer during the combine, I believe. I think, yeah, I around, think that, yeah, yeah. around the same time last Justin, year. Justin, I'd be shocked uh, if he doesn't give him an answer in the next week and a half. Shocked. Uh, and and uh, with Hassan Reddick, I used to want to keep Hassan Reddick, you know, because he's one of our key players. But then I started thinking more, and I'm like, well, if we can get a linebacker that's, you know, equal or greater value, I guess that's a better – that would be a good deal, like a Devin White. Or uh, Levante David, you know? Well, it depends. Um, yeah, it depends what you get. Look, if they get three first-round draft picks for Hassan Reddick, trade him. But they're not going to. They're probably going to get a second-round pick and then try to fill the void based on his salary not being on the team by signing someone else. So, yeah, it's all it's all a game of musical yeah, chairs. Yeah, yeah, I think it'll work out. But I, at first, I was on the other side of it. Now I come to see there's notable free agents out well, there. Well, know, know this. It might not work yeah. out, though, if they turn Hassan Reddick's role over to Nolan Smith, if Nolan Smith is, you know, Marcus Smith. Then you Josh got a problem. And I'm not saying he's that bad, but come, no. come on. Let's be real. Year one Nolan Smith was not exactly inspiring. Were you surprised at how he pointed him out, specifically that they should have played him more he, last year? He he re, Yeah, he referenced Nolan Smith at one point. Justin, give me an answer here for an intro to a character in a movie. All right, well, uh, I have to say when the, uh, they first arrive to the theme park um, and the owner comes out and says, welcome to Jurassic Park and all the dinosaurs uh, and all the, uh, so great. the birds and everything with the music. That could win. So that, could the best stuff. way I've heard that described is that's wow. one of those moments where both the characters and the audience are doing the same thing. Both the characters yeah. in the movie and the audience are going, wow, yeah. at the same time. That's a potential winning so answer. The, the character is who? Brontosaurus, I guess, that they see at the beginning. No, but you mean which character surprised John? Right. Yeah, I don't remember. Is it Jeff? Is well, it they Goldblum? all are. No, it's, it's, it's Sam Neill. It's Laura Dern and Sam Neill who are okay. in the, the truck first. I don't know if Goldblum's there yet. He might be. Okay. But they're the first. You see their faces, and she grabs his shoulder, and she's like, look, and he turns yeah. around. They both. It's amazing. Yeah, and that's a cool scene. All right, so what Rhea was just talking about there, let's get to some of the Howie audio as it relates to a few of these different topics. Let's start with, because Kelsey was referenced. How we talked yesterday about Kelsey and about Fletcher Cox. Now, Brandon Graham was not part of the question, but Kelsey and Cox were. Here's Howie on Kelsey and Cox's future. Obviously, uh, those guys, unbelievable players, unbelievable people, and uh, they deserve the right to decide what's best for them. And um, 
you know, uh, we'll wait and give them whatever time and space they need to make the right decisions. And I think the important thing from our perspective is you'd never want to see them wearing different colors. And I, I think for us, no matter when that is, if they want the opportunity to come back, we, we'd want to have the opportunity to bring them back. So, look, obviously different players, different circumstances. You're not going to put Hassan Reddick in the legacy column of, of Fletcher Cox and Jason Kelsey. But I am struck by the difference in how the questions were answered. Like let's let let's play the the Jason uh, the the uh, the Reddick answer Howie Roseman gave because clearly it's a totally different type of answer. Here's Howie Roseman yesterday on Hassan Reddick. Howie, can you give us an update on uh, Hassan Reddick? Where do you where are things with Hassan's report? He was allowed to seek a trade. Do you expect him to be back next year? Well, I'd say this: uh, Hassan, obviously, unbelievable player for the Philadelphia Eagles, um, local kid, great success story, Camden, Temple, Philly. Um, love having Hassan. I think that, you know, anything that you're trying to do, um, you're trying to blend, obviously, what you're trying to do this year and, and how you're going to look in the future. And I think that's the hardest job. But um, certainly, you know, don't want to get into any specifics with any conversations with players, but have tremendous respect for the player and the person. What's the best case scenario? Um, I think honest communication is the best case scenario with all your players and understanding um, where you stand and not having, not being afraid to have open doors of communication and hearing where they feel and where we feel. That answer told me that Hassan Reddick is likely gone. Likely, not definitely. But, like, what's the best case scenario? I mean, you want to hear him say best case scenario is we agree to a contract. He's an eagle. Let's be real. He's our best defensive player. We want him on the team. We never want to see Hassan in another uniform. Right. I mean, that's what he said about <laughs> right. Fletcher and, and, and Kelsey. And the other guy with Reddick, who's, by the way, a, a better player than, than Fletcher is right now. He is. I mean, Fletcher was really good last year. But you get a totally different type of answer. So, um, you know, I think Hassan's going to be gone. You guys know I've been saying that for a couple of weeks. Now, obviously, there's a real likelihood of the Eagles playing younger players now. I mean, they could, they could really turn this thing over. They're gonna, I think they're going to get rid of Bradbury. I don't care what Howie said yesterday. I was... didn't take that as anything yeah. more than, yeah, right, he, we'll figure out a way to move on. Let's listen that. to the Bradbury answer, actually. Let's listen to Bradbury um, because, um, yeah, I, I didn't. I don't put any stock in, in what Howie said about Bradbury. I'll explain why in a moment. Here's I think he's an outside guy. I think when you look at the, at the skill set there, I think that, you know, that was one of the positions that as we got into the summer, um, we kind of knew we needed some depth there. We gave some guys opportunities to do it. You know, I got to do a better job of bringing in more guys to be able to play that position. I think that's one area that kind of you felt like in August maybe we, we need to add. So we tried some guys. But when you look at JB and his history and his success as an outside corner, to ask him to do something, which is really a different position, is hard. And he remains part of your plans? Yeah, he's under contract, part of our plans. Yeah. Part, part of our plans, yeah, for two more weeks. Yeah, he's under contract for two more weeks, and then we're going to cut him. What's he going to say? No? <laughs> no. No. Ruben, Ruben yeah. you never say no. We're, we're about to cut his ass in two weeks, but we haven't told him. We never talk about that. <laughs> we, would never, we would never say that if that was happening. All right, so I still think there's a, a real chance both older corners will be gone. I think the Eagles could get rid of Slay even though he's good because they might consider him. A, let me ask you this there's question. There's contract stuff with Slay, though, because they kept extending him down the road. Yep. Ruben, did you ever get rid of a player that you knew was a good player, but you felt that he was talking too much publicly and causing the organization's problems. No, I, I, I would I? Yeah, um, but no, I've never, I've never come across that situation. Um, it's always about production, and how that person fits, and even if he's a little mouthy. I mean, listen, there's some mouthy guy. 
Billy Wagner was as mouthy yeah. as there was, but, um, but we wanted we wanted him back. We couldn't resign him. We were in the middle middle of of getting a new GM at the time, but and Pap, you know, Pap was difficult, but they were good players, man. And I could live with that. I, I can live with that. Right, here's no. where I, here's where I got your top four difficult good players. Okay, here we go. All right, Papelbon. He's number one. Okay, <laughs> Billy Billy Wagner. He's up there. Jason Worth. Yeah, he's sort of up there. All right, and I had one more, and I just lost it. Um, damn, I, I had it in my head. Um, oh, Are you thinking sh- maybe Shane? But no, Shane no, was no, just no, excited. No, no. I had a, I had another Stone Cold, and I'm I, oh, and Cliff Lee. Cliff Lee. Cliff Lee. Oh, yeah. That oh, was yes. the other one. <laughs> he's close to closer to one than if he was at two. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. All right, so the Eagles certainly could be moving toward more young players. Let's listen to Howie yesterday addressing that reality. When we look back and Coach and I talk about it a little bit, it, it's okay to play some young players. It's okay for them to get experience and kind of see what you have. Um, and um, based on where some of our guys were, uh, they had the ability to sit back and, and learn a little bit because of the situations that we were in. I think going forward, it's going to be harder to do that. Um, obviously, just as you look at our team and who is making a lot of money, and um, we had a little bit of extra picks over the last couple of years. Um, so I think that it, it, for us to play our young players, to develop them, I think that's something that Coach and I have talked about, to not be afraid of. That's why you draft them. That's why you sign them. And so um, you have that, and you'll have a depth chart where they'll be a little bit un- uncomfortable about, you know, this guy necessarily hasn't shown it, but we believe in this player. And so um, I think that that'll be an area for, for us to kind of maybe grow on and um, I don't want to say improve because we had good players at those positions, but – um, you know, that's exciting, I think, in a lot of ways. John, here's what I think that's code for. I, Howie Roseman, need Nolan Smith to step up. I need Jordan Davis to step up. And I don't really probably think N'Kobe will, but N'Kobe could help me if he does. A lot of young cornerbacks who got play last year. Yeah. Think about that with Eli Ricks, Zach McPherson, uh, man, Josh Job, Kelly, uh, Kaylee Ringo. Yeah. Those guys were out there a lot. and. Yeah. Think, think about the, the template also of the Kansas City Chiefs bringing in two rookies, one outside cornerback, one nickel cornerback, the year that they won the Super Bowl, the, the, the first of the last two mm-hmm. Super Bowls where they beat us yep. with those rookie cornerbacks on the field. And then the second year, they were, man, they were pretty good. Yeah. No one's talking about how they're a rookie. Everyone's talking about how they're young and cheap now we're also and ta- good. We're also talking about trying to get one of their dudes, though. Sneed. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, do you, see, you, see, you see that uh, I did. Milton Williams out there tweeting about look it. Look at that. So for yeah. those that so the it. rumor though is that the Chiefs are going to tag him <laughs> and are open to trades is what the the most recent report is. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying he put on social media him coming out of you know, the KC tunnel, but he's got sort of the. It just so happens his arms were flapping like a bird, and then he's got a bird emoji in a tweet. And it's like, huh. Eagle emoji. And, he and got, Devontae yeah. Smith liked it. Yeah. No, I, I it's yeah. it's intriguing. All right, let's also get to today's Twitter poll question of the day brought to us by Armin Chevrolet. But, James, to your point, if they tag him, then they tag him. Unless they pull an Eagles like they did with Trot, and then they remove the tag, and then you go sign the guy, and then there it is. All right, Twitter poll question of the day brought to us by Armin Chevrolet. Armin offering the highest quality certified pre-owned vehicles in the Delaware Valley. Together, let's drive. Visit ArminChevy.com. Today's question, who should bet leadoff? For the Phils this season, three choices, Schwarber, Stott, Turner. How do you size it up? We'll get to that as we move through the show. Schwarber, Stott, Turner, something I'm sure we'll talk a lot about in March in the lead-up to the season. JB and Cheston Hill right now, your reaction to everything from yesterday. Good morning, JB. Good morning, folks, uh, ladies and germs. 
Um, I think my reaction is kind of the same as John's. Like, it's it's what are you doing? Like, there's no real concise answer. You're not giving any kind of example of like how you're going to lead these new players. Um, I think it's confusing. I think it goes one of two ways. I think it's a a disaster with these other great, not great, but you know, you have Vic Vangio and Moore, both proven commodities. One of them will end up taking over this team by midseason if it doesn't turn out to jump out of the gate five and one or you know six and two. Um, I think, you know, free agency wise. Side note: I think that uh, DeAndre Swift should be a priority for the simple fact that Kellen Moore loves to throw the ball to the running back out of the backfield. Austin Eckler had seventy-five targets. DeAndre Swift. I don't know if anybody remembered when he was at Georgia. He's completely unstoppable out of backfield. There's not a linebacker in, in football that can cover him one-on-one. So I think he needs to be a priority. Well, JB, you know my theory from 2023 on that topic. I believe he didn't get it more because the Eagles ran a somewhat simplified offense because they thought that fit hurts best. I agree. But I think you're now you're stepping up your game seemingly. Well, he better step it up. Yeah, it's time no, for him. I'm, to... talking, I'm talking about the, the, the organization as a whole. It seems you're bringing Kellen Moore, and you're not bringing him in to run, you know, this read option. No, I agree. Vanilla, but, uh, look, it, uh, JB, I love the idea of having a great running back. Uh, DeAndre Swift being our great running back. He, but he needs to be a change of pace guy. I'm convinced of that. So we're going to need multiple guys in this backfield. You know, you, you talk about uh, Kellen Moore's success with uh, Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler is out there. Austin Eckler Peace. is available out there. But the, the trick is, our guy, DeAndre Swift, is 25 years old. Correct. Austin Eckler's 28, uh, which yeah. is, you know, a, yeah. uh, young in the grand scheme of things. But for a running back, we know how it goes. Sure. Our three, guy years is of, young, three years of miles on a running back's bed. Young, local, and in the grand scheme of things, when you look at what other running backs got around the NFL this year, double-digit millions of dollars, and our guy was making, you know, $1.8 million. It was so reasonable. I think it's I think it's reasonable to expect the possibility that DeAndre Swift is an eagle, but we're going to have to pay him a little more than we did. A little more, yeah. I agree. He, it's well-deserved. I mean, all you got to do is put on his film from when he was at Georgia his junior year. He played against LSU, which was the best defense in the country. I think he had like 90 yards in receiving. Oh, he can do it. There's no doubt he can do He's it. He's like hurtling human beings. Like, And, yeah. I mean, I've known him since he's been a kid, so it's like yeah. that's a side note for me. But he, you know, he's a guy that – I think is like the perfect piece because like, you know, if you're, if you're thinking simple football, ter- football terms, it's like you got Devontae who can run any route. You got AJ who can take every deep route and you got Goddard who seemingly we can put back across the middle. Yeah. But JB, Jalen, Jalen has to see it. I agree. He has to get smarter up top. He has to, fo- quarterback is the only position in all sports that you have to get better above the shoulders every single year. Like, you could be Deshaun Jackson and be the fastest guy on the field for 15 years. Yeah. It's not really going to affect it. You just get better at honing route running. You have to get smarter because every defensive coordinator in the NFL is figuring out a way to ruin your day if you're a quarterback. All right, fascinating call here. Give me a great intro for a character in a movie. You can win the Santana and County Crows tickets. How about Darth Vader, his introduction? That's what I've been waiting for. I knew, so I, I, I yeah. knew that was one of your two. I knew it. I mean, it's massive. They're on it's that so ship. Huge. They're ah. on that ship, and the shootout has just happened, where the the, the stormtroopers have gunned down, you know, the good guys, even though the good guys are the rebels. And then here comes Darth, 
you know, smoke billows up and Darth steps through. Look at you stand now, actually, up. You're yeah. standing up but in the studio. Now you're, I, I mean, look at the excitement. I am, there. but I, I got to tell you. Fired but, up. Yeah. But I think Jurassic Park's an even better answer. That's a so good far. one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's close, man. I think it's a little more understated, the intro of Darth, than you do. Oh, I mean, John, he comes through. He's menacing. The The visual is incredible. It is so cut and dry, black right. and white, good versus e- Like, right. it, it's every theme you can imagine all rolled into one. But it is pretty straightforward. I mean, he's just walking through a spaceship. Yeah, but he's not to mean, be messed with. He's not to be messed with. Right. Mean things are happening. Yeah. You can see he's going to strangle you yeah. with Mean magic things are happening. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and you know the other one I'm talking about. I do. From yeah. that same movie. Yeah. Yep. Let's just say it's outdoors. <laughs> 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 it's outdoors. All right. Um, we got a Joe Conklin song we're going to get to in a moment. It's 94 WIP HD1 Philadelphia's. We broadcast from the Tasty Cake studio. Let's do more here on the Sirianni front. Because uh, two questions near the end of the press conference that uh, elicited interest and answers. So I believe it was Elliot that, and we'll talk to Elliot in half an hour. Elliot asked him a question about a lesson from last year. Listen to what Sirianni said. What's one thing you learned last year from the end of the season that you think next year can help you if you are in a similar situation or you lose a game or two? What was one takeaway you thought? You know, we went through... Early in early here in 2021, we went through a like a, a really tough stretch, right? And we doubled down on the on the situ- on the the things we knew to be true our our culture, our core values, and and I wouldn't say you know. And then we went through a tough stretch here too. And and even though we said to ourselves, "Hey, we're doubling down on this," it didn't. In 2021, it worked, and in 2023, it didn't work. I think it's just, you know, again, being in this constant growth mindset of, you know, of, of things that, you know, just always trying to get better at, the, at, at every style of football that you can, that you're, that you're, that you're trying to do. John, I said to you earlier, and I really mean this, I really am starting to wonder if his messaging is getting stale for the players. Yeah. Even though they like him, I'm positive because it's getting stale for me. Concern, yes, it's getting exactly. stale for me. When we hear it and we just sort of roll our eyes, right. start to tune it out, I promise the players have already done. Because here's the thing: after after Sirianni said that, he then went to this, and it's just more and more yeah. and more. Here's what he said right after that: I do think, though, with those core values, it is a you always double down on those because to me. It wasn't a core values. We didn't just make them up and say, hey, connect, compete, accountability, football IQ, and fundamentals are what's oh. important, right? We, that was years and years of coaching and playing that we thought to ourselves, but and I thought on. to myself, these are the common denominators of good football teams. And that's not, that's not changing off of a bad spurt, right? <laughs> and so it is, it is a true double down on those from day one. Um, you know, doubling down on the connection, doubling down on the accountability. I really look at it, those two, the connect and the accountability, even though I say connect, compete, well, those two C's kind of go together, so it's like they say together. But connect and accountability are the two, I would say, cornerstones of our, of our program that we, that those are, those are the ones that when I really take away, hey, these are important, that we play with good football IQ, that we play with good fundamentals, and that we compete our ass off, those are important. But it all starts. Every, everything starts with the accountability and the connecting, and and so it is. It's almost a a, a double down, a triple down on those um, those core values. All right, John, go ahead. 
You're dying to say something. Go for it. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to make it through I the cut I think he sucked his soul out of him. him. Look Go at for him. It. <laughs> He's so You bad. just told us it didn't work. Okay, in, in 2023, it worked in 2021. Doubling, doubling down, it worked in 2021. Didn't work in 2023. Things have changed, man. The message is stale. You told us the offense was stale. No, but that's a different the message, thing. I, I understand. That's different. This message, this message, I worry about it. I, I do really tell. I really worry tell. about it. And, uh, man, it like I said, if we're rolling our eyes, those, those – uh, Teammates probably are too. How like many times have they heard that? Think about how many times back. we've heard these yeah. court. They they probably heard it every day for years. All right, Ruben, we don't make ever some sense. Okay. from him. Ruben's the one sick of it. Ruben's <laughs> the one guy here who's been on both sides, not as a head coach, but he was a coach as an assistant coach in baseball. But obviously, a player and a general manager who had to oversee a coach. Ruben, if that is set, because I think those core values are good core values. Of course, but if they are delivered over and over and over and over again, does that get stale? I think it gets stale, but the, the thing that was strange to me was like, well, maybe we missed, you know, overemphasized one over the other. I don't that that the messaging there just very strange right. to me. It's just so odd. hold on, I that agree. was the problem. I agree. Yeah, it's odd. That, that it's odd. You're right. That, it's that's odd. the problem. The problem from last year was I overemphasized one of these core values more than the other things. Where uh, and again. We're still in the early stages of, of identifying these things. Can I just... They, they, they still need to get back to us on what really went wrong, but he thinks he might have just focused more on a core value uh, in one area. Too much. That doesn't make any sense. If I'm a player, I want answers. I want assurance that that will not happen again. We need a plan, a better plan, when we go out there this time. And, and you're telling me that... It was an overemphasis on one of the five core values that I'm already tuning out anyway. Like, that does not give me the answer I crave. It makes me think exactly what I believe is that they did not emphasize enough one of those core values. And that one is fundamentals because the blocking <laughs> and tackling yeah. was I'm, – I'm totally no, you're serious. you're damn right. Well, how about the room? blocking and tackling was so poor. Right. Yeah. And so, imba- uh, uh, to me, I just couldn't believe how poorly we tackled. Yeah. And I just, I, I think, in a lot of ways, it almost makes me think, you know what? We didn't over, we didn't emphasize that part of the game enough. And the fundamentals of football, I mean, you don't block and tackle. Yeah, the football part. We didn't emphasize football. Like we forgot yeah. to focus That's on what it playing like. football. That's what it seemed like to me. That well, was my calling, take on it. And calling the right place. Which is football also. It's, it's how you scheme it up. Because I, I still think maybe the biggest disaster is just the, the scheme. I mean, we can talk all we want about culture. We can talk all we want about we emphasize this. and I mean, I just think their they're play stunk. But the, pla- it, the it tackling stale. piece of this is, like, so fundamental. I agree with you on that, too. That if you don't tackle uh, an opposing play, they pick up yardage. And then you and then yeah. there's Pretty first basic. downs. And I mean, it's, you know, I it's, know. it's, no it's question. football 101. All right, look, you can react to all this. There's a lot going on. I, let, let's also... Get to a Conklin song. So you might remember if you were listening yesterday, uh, I had referenced the incredible irony. It wasn't really captured in any of the audio we played yet today or anything that happened yesterday, but the incredible irony, and it's ridiculous, that the Eagles have a head coach that they need him to, to, to pipe down with his demonstrative public stuff, like on the sidelines and, this is for Frank Reich, and like, you know. I mean, I, I got to tell you, Ruben, I liked it more when Charlie Manuel said, this is for Philadelphia. It was after what they call a championship. 
You know, you got <laughs> Eagles beat the Colts, and he's doing the Frank Reich stomp thing. You got the, the Kansas City game last year after they beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl. But by the way, they're on a way to that another That wasn't Super Bowl. a magical moment, the oh. Frank Reich win against Indy. You know what I mean? I'm not going to remember that forever. I almost lost that game. This is for Philadelphia. It was great. Um, so they need the coach to, like, you know, dude, pipe down a little bit. Act like you've been there before. But they, they want the, the quarterback to pipe up more. Irony. We even referenced Alanis Morissette. Isn't it ironic? <laughs> Joe Conklin. He went into the lab. Marilyn Mike came out of the lab. Isn't it ironic? We got a head coach who can't control his emotions. We got a quarterback who shows no emotion. Sirianni is a hothead. But he's got no juice. Jalen Hurts is stoic. He can't keep his teammates loose. And isn't it ironic? The standard is the standard. Don't you think? I know what the fuck I'm doing. It's like a home game played in Brazil. A running quarterback who doesn't give you a thrill. We just ink this guy. For 250 mil. And who would have thought at the years? They had to keep the coach from throwing a fit. They brought in Bay Dom to babysit. But it's so damn strange. A quarterback's robotic. And as the team crashed down, we thought, Our coach is just chaotic. And isn't it ironic? I got tax for my brawler. Don't you think? The rent is due every day. It's a shame. It's a real sad day. 250 million! <laughs> and he's already paid. First Wentz now hurts. Have they suffered the same fate? And who would have thought it figures? You know, it's a funny game. When your quarterback moves like it has no clue. Everything blowing up like whence it's deja vu. It's like a home game played in Brazil. A running quarterback. Who doesn't give you a thrill? We just ink this guy for 250 mil. And who would have thought it figures? Football's a funny game. Yeah, yeah it is, bro. You know... It's a funny game. What a great job. I Phenomenal Joe job. Are you kidding me? That was awesome. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> that was a great line. It's a masterpiece. It really is. It's a masterpiece. I mean, I, I don't like, know. Like, just how, awesome. I don't know how he does it. I really don't. I don't know how Joe does it, but I know this. He's incomparable. And you can see Conklin's comedy show at the Church of the Incarnation on Main Street in Mantua, New Jersey, Saturday, April 20th, and also at St. Luke's Church on Easton Road in Glenside, on Saturday, April 27th. For tickets to either of those shows, get yourself to joeconklin.com. You can also see Conklin's Comedy Night at Parks Casino in Ben Salem every other Thursday night on Thursday, March 7th. It's J.J. Ramirez and Jocelyn Shaw 
For tickets, go to JoeConklin.com. JoeConklin.com. Total masterpiece. All right, up ahead, your reaction to everything we're discussing, including what Sirianni and Howie said. More on the 76ers. We'll get to some flyer stuff related to their uh, push for the playoffs. A good win last night. That and more. Elliot Shore Parks at 830. It's all here today. Plus, Ruben on who should bet leadoff. We'll get to that and more. Joe DeCameron, John Ritchie on 94 WIP. Hey, get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel Sportsbook in partnership with Valley Forge Casino, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. So many ways to bet, whether it's quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more, all with America's number one sportsbook, FanDuel Sportsbook, where you can sign up and lock in at fanduel.com slash hammer. That's the website. I tell you every day. The reason I tell you every day is... All right, great to be with you here on this Wednesday morning. Joe DeCamera, John Rich. It'd be better if the Sixers were better. Embiid has to be Superman with a cape. <laughs> times Shaq, times Wilt, times Kareem, times Bill Russell. It doesn't have to be that good. Superman I, with th- a I was going to say the same thing. Like, is there a Superman without a cape? Yeah, it's I'm called good. Clark Kent. <laughs> yeah. we, that's Clark Kent. That's not Superman. Uh, and Joe, the cape just got torn and is currently oh. on the injured list. I'm just saying they are... So bad without him, it's unbelievable. They are so bad. So we'll, well they were almost as good as the Celtics oh, for a Sean, quarter. Would you oh, knock stop it off? It. Oh, stop, stop. <laughs> that doesn't count for something. No. no. So it was anyway. thirty to thirty. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, How we- in the world do they go on those runs last Wait, night? Sixers? To start the second half, sixteen points. Like just. We scored zero. Because they tried. 16 Because they tried. It really, was. Yes. it really was. Like the Celtics, the Celtics said, hey, were you know toying what? with them. We got to stop messing around, guys. Let's, set yeah. an ex- let, let, let's show them who we are. Boom. 16 points later, and it only took like two minutes. Here's what I'd say. The Sixers currently have, at best, at best, two players that actually deserve to start in the NBA. And that's if you count Tobias. That's it. Yeah, and Tobias. Nobody, there are definitely teams Tobias wouldn't start for. 100% yeah. correct. A lot of teams Tobias wouldn't start for. He's really, he's really not that good anymore. Maxie's legit. We know that. And otherwise, I mean, you're talking about you just got a bunch of guys that should be bench players. And not someone's like Aaron McKee off the bench. Not my six man. The Sixers have a bunch of like eight, nine, ten guys. It's rough, man. It's it's tough to watch. All right. Um, Elliot Shore Parks from the Combine in 10 minutes. Ruben, I know that um, I know you're an ambassador for the Darren Dalton Foundation. Yes, I am. And a big event because a lot of people listening right now are going to be going down to yep. spring training in the next month. For those there, what is it, March 10th? Yeah, the big March event 10th, down the, Clearwater? The Darren Dalton uh, Celebrity Bar uh, Bartending. Uh, they are having another event. Well, we've had it here in Philadelphia, but they're having it down there at Frenchie's Tiki Hut yeah. uh, starting at 4 o'clock. That's great. From 4 to 7. It will be a blast. It's always a blast down there, down the left field line, um, in the left field bleachers there. But, um, but there's going to be a whole host of guys down there. And uh, just come have some you know, party down and have some fun. I mean, I tell people this all the time. I'm headed down on Sunday, and, uh, and I'm actually staying an extra day so I could be part of that part of that bartending crew. That's it's nice. it's going to be fun. You've got a whole bunch of uh, old-time fills uh, there. Um, 
don't have all the names, but it's a great group of guys. A lot of the no- a lot of the notable dudes. A lot of right? notable guys yeah. will be there, yeah. and it'll be a blast. That's so awesome. Please come join us. Well, if you're there, you know, and that again, it's March 10th specifically. Yep. Um, and look, the spring training games are fun, and uh, you know, first off, you just get some heat down there. You know, it's been a little cold here lately, although warmed up yesterday. But uh, to support the Dutch Foundation, which yeah, is such that, a great one in the fight against cancer. It really it really yeah. is. It's yeah. a real special one, and all the folks that are involved, uh, the DDF is, is really special, near and dear to my heart, uh, from one of the greatest leaders of all time. If you ever want to make a direct donation to the Darren Dalton Foundation and help in the fight against cancer, the website is darrendaltonfoundation.org. All right, let's go to the phones. Kurt and Marlton. Good morning, Kurt. It is morning. I will see. I don't know about good, but we'll take morning. I guess if we put our get our feet out of the bed, it's a good day, right? Well, um, totally. Here's the good thing, Kurt. We're two days away from the month that provides. You ready for this? NFL free agency, March yeah. Madness, and the start of the Philly season. So pretty, well, pretty damn good stuff up ahead here, man. Including the chance for the no, but you know what? Free. You know what I'm looking forward to a free agency. Let's turn this thing over, man. Let's get some new players in here and get some dudes out of here. Yeah, but how do you feel about that after what you heard yesterday? I mean, you know, I, I look, I understand it's a dog and pony show. So there's, you know, you're not going to get the, the, the inside baseball kind of stuff. But the dog was an old mangy mutt and the pony was a nag headed for the glue factory, man. That was just, there was nothing there to sink your teeth into and say, you know what, this is good. And then to top it all off, Bradbury's part of our future? No, he's not. Yeah, but isn't he? But, but, know, but, but, we've but, but Kurt. What, we've seen what how he does with old players. But, Kurt, first off, first off, it's technically true he is part of their future, which can be defined as the next two weeks. That's the future. Then they cut him, and then he's not part I of the appreciate, future. I appreciate the way you're parsing that, Joe. I really do, and I hope what's he, you're But what's right. he going to say, Liz? Bradbury is a really smart cornerback He's gone. who no longer can run like he could now remember we got a different dc at vic fangio who's going to ask his guys to go out there and run more yeah. zone which is right. something that is possible kurt, kurt let me ask kurt let me ask you a do. question let me let me ask you a question you want bradbury gone i want him gone i think howie wants him gone if you were howie roseman yesterday knowing that james bradbury is a good guy that he's got friends in that locker room that he's got an agent that the Eagles have to deal with with other players across the league probably for the next bunch of years. How, Kurt, would you have answered the question about Bradbury's future in Philadelphia? I probably would have said the same thing. Well, but there you go. We don't know okay. which one he needs. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. What are we talking Come about? On. <laughs> Come on. All right, Kurt, give me an answer. A great moment where a character in a movie is debuted. All right, I'm calling in late, so I'm probably going to hit on some that already have been talked about. But Darth Vader? Has been said. Give me another one. Um, Indiana Jones? What's the scene? The uh, Raiders, the boulder, the whole thing? Is that what it is? Yeah. That's, yeah. I, you know, I've seen that one the least. So the boulder really? coming. Really? That's yeah. the best one, man. I know. I, know. <laughs> I mean, that's what everyone says. I, I like three a lot, but, you know. Boy, the last one that came out last summer was really Oh, I thought it was solid. Gosh. Oh, I disagree. I, look, it wasn't it wasn't as good as the old ones, but out. I didn't expect it to. What is it? The Ar- end, Archimedes? The, the Archimedes part. Oh. Yeah, that was the worst part. But in yeah. general, <laughs> That's I thought- That was the worst part. That was the whole point. <laughs> no, that was the end. I'm talking about the actual Archimedes part. But I th- I actually thought for, it was way better than Crystal Skull. Like, I thought it was fine. I didn't do Crystal Skull. Yeah, I thought it was fine. Like, it, it was better than I expected. Yeah, I don't know, man. All right, let's, let's, get, to, uh, let's get to Mary. Oh, my God. Mary in Mayfair. What's up, Mary? 
I got a question for you, but before that, I got a question for Ruben. Rube, who's your surprise team in the National League? I don't want to talk Dodgers, but who's your surprise team? Surprise team. team. Wow, you put me on the spot. Well, just off to any one of the guys could say. Uh, I, I, Our girls. What about Reds. the Reds? I don't. I, I really like the Reds. It's a great call. Um, I, I'm not sure how good they're going to be, but that's central. I mean, not that great. Now, the Cubs have made themselves better. Uh, but the Reds are an interesting club, man. I think that David Bell done a heck of a job with those youngsters. They, I they, happen they, to agree exciting. with you. They're exciting. I happen to agree. Now, Joe, how are you with golf? Uh, me, He's just okay. Yeah, I'm below below average. I mean, I, I shoot like a 1-0 freaking 5. No, I'm three. talking about golf He's talking about trivia. trivia. Yeah. Come on. Oh, golf trivia. Well, Jerry Goff, I mean, I, I went to college. <laughs> you know, all right, golf trivia. I can, I can hang in there. I can give you a Sam, right. a Sam Sneed. Right, Sam ahead. was great. Sam was great with that hat. Who was the first golfer to shoot below sixty? Well, I think he shot a fifty-nine. If I remember, I think right. you might be right. <laughs> Nailed it. So the irony is, I think I remember this happening, but I have no clue. I think it was about twenty-five years ago. I don't know. What's the guy's name? Al Guyberger. What year was it? Al Guyberger is his name. You what, heard me. What year, he was Murray? A pro golfer. What year? Guyberger. I'm not exactly sure. Well, I'll be impressed with myself if it was recent. It better be a regulation. No, it's not, I don't think it was recent. Like 25 years ago or something, right? No? Well, I don't consider 25 years ago recent. 1977. No. Yes, yes, it is. It is. First player to shoot 59, lower than 60, in a PGA Tour event. He is known as Mr. 59. All right. 1977 wow. at the Colonial Country Club. Unlike John, who was known as Mr. 60... <laughs> 62. 62. <laughs> <laughs> nice adjustment. Oh, Thank you. I, just, I figured I'd, you know, I'd toe the line there. Let's get to, uh, to Ken and Cinnaminson. Hi, Ken. Good morning, Prince. How are you today? Doing great, I'm Ken. good. I'm good. We're good. So, John uh, Runyon, Joe. man. John Runyon. <laughs> John Runyon. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done there. Nice. That's really good. All right, go Joe, ahead. Uh, Joe, would you say that Ruben uh, is delicious? Uh, yeah, he, 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 he's, a he's a good-looking fella. Okay, I'll next. Give him that. I'll give him that. <laughs> um, listen, so on the press conference yesterday, all I'm really going to say is what a surprise. Uh, here we are talking about, you know, um, what, what they didn't give us, right? So um, this is what these things are. Uh, it, it kind of it, it drives me crazy when I hear people call like a previous caller and talk about the organization like it's trash. Like, you know, OK, so, yeah, so we're, uh, you know, it's a dog and pony show where the dog is a mangy mutt with fleas and the pony is is, you know, headed for the glue factory. This is a team that's been in the Super Bowl twice in the last six years. This is a team that's almost always in the playoffs. So let's keep these things in perspective. I agree with you. Totally agree. And, as far as uh, as far as Hassan, and that's my only comment about about really yesterday, because I want to do I do want to ask a Phillies question. Um, you know, to me, it's it's believe half of what you hear and all of what you see. When they drafted Nolan Smith last year with the thirtieth pick, that told me then that I did not think that they were going to re-sign or, or, or extend Hassan. Right? And I remember and you, say, you, you said you said it back then, I remember. And I've been telling you that. So it's just, look, how he's got, how he's got more cap money this year than he's ever had in, the history, in his history as a GM of, of the Eagles, if he plays this right, 
And I can promise you that, you know, linebackers and running backs are at the bottom of his priority list because that's the way the Eagles do business. So, you know, I just I, – I didn't expect Hassan to be back. I don't expect Hassan to be back, and I don't know why we would expect any other answer out of out of. You're out grouping of Hassan as a linebacker. Uh, that, that right there is a little problematic, too. I mean, he is – Well, he's, he's – Technically, he's a linebacker on, on on the depth chart. I know he doesn't play off-ball linebacker, right? right. But, I mean, it, it's there, there's so many hybrid positions now that, you know, even D-tackles are, are playing, you know, four different techniques. So, it's, you know, it's just the yeah. modern game of football. I can give me your give um, me your Phil's point here. So, I, I, I've been wondering about this all year, and it's, is there a chance that we're going to that Weston Wilson is going to get going to get a long look to be that right-handed bat off the bench, play some corner outfield for you, because it just seems to me every time I see that guy play, um, he, he makes plays. Punishing the good, baseball. Uh, he's a good player. He's a good player, and he's versatile, and I really like him. I see him, see him sort of as a poor man's Whit Merrifield, and I think that's one of the reasons why they got Whit Merrifield, because he's going to take probably a, the at-bats that Weston Wilson would have gotten had he made the team. Weston's got, um, I don't know if he's going to have a long look. He may get an opportunity to make this team because it all kind of depends on what, you know, what Rob Thompson wants is that 26th man. But uh, but I like the kid. I love his ability. He plays without fear. He has speed. He's got athleticism. He's got some power, and he can play a variety of positions. So that's a it, it's a real plus. It's a good problem to have, depth, and, and uh, he's one of those guys. He and Pache both, uh, you know, I'm reminded to never lend too much credence to the preseason. But, you know, we've got some athletic guys who can play in the outfield who are actually getting it done offensively. I know it's the preseason, but it seems better than what I expected. Do you feel the same way? I love athleticism and depth. And uh, the problem with Pache is that he does not have any uh, options. And so he's a guy that they have to decide. Again, another guy, 25th, 26th man. Um, what's best for this team. And um, I think at the end of the day, you're going to figure out what's the best for the team today you and see what's it, best for the team in the future. You see a scenario where Rojas goes down because of that? It's possible. And Pache, it, even if he's not as good, stays up? It's possible because Pache is not quite as good a defender, but a damn good defender yes, in center field. Yeah. And I'll I'll take him. I'll let him play, take over that role if, in fact, Rojas falters. I wouldn't have a problem with him taking over that role in center field. Um, he's got a little bit more experience, and yes, he has not had the offensive, you know, years and seasons. But I think he's getting better. Hey, Ken, give uh, me an answer here, man. Intro and a movie. Who do you have? Yeah, and just real quick, uh, Pache. If they're both going to hit 200, Pache will at least run into a few over the course of a season that uh, Rojas hasn't shown the ability to do yet. So, um, my. One of my maybe my favorite character in, in any movie ever uh, when Quint scratches his nails on the chalkboard to. Uh, oh think. yeah, oh, that's, that's a, a big one. answer too. In Jaws, I mean he's in the back of the room yeah. in that town meeting. Yep. Wow, that's a, that's a really really good answer. That's a disturbing. That scene. sort of makes oh. me feel. I can feel. Yeah, that's a little that's a little visceral mm. for me. Right? Yeah. I don't like it. I do yeah. like the Twitter poll question of the day. It's brought to us by Armin Chevrolet. Routine maintenance, major repairs. Armin Chevrolet's service team is there to help. Certified service. Visit ArminChevy.com. All right, today's poll co- question: Who should bat leadoff this year for the Phils? Three choices: Schwarber, Stott, Turner. You can vote at Sports Radio WIP on. Twitter. Let's play one more piece of audio, and then we'll get to Elliot calling in here from the Combine. 
because Nick Sirianni obviously was going to be asked yesterday about A.J. Brown, the whole A.J. Brown thing. Here's what Nick Sirianni said yesterday about A.J. probably frustrated with some of the outside noise. I guess what's been your reaction to it? Do you talk to him about, you know, handling that type of stuff? Um, A.J., like I've been telling you guys for a long time, not only is he, you know, one of the best players I've ever been around. Um, he's also one of the best leaders and what, you know, and he's going to do anything he can do to stick up for, for his, for his teammates. Um, that's why I admire, that's why he wears a, a C on his chest. Um, and I think that, you know, if you're speculating, well, Hey, what, what does it mean if he's yelling over here? Like everybody doesn't, there's some people that when you're when you're leading them, you yell at them. And there's some people when you're leading them, you put your arm around them. And there's some people, there's somewhere in the middle. And, like, that's leadership also is just figuring out what buttons to press with different guys. Not every person is – you don't treat everybody the exact same, right? The standard is what it is, and you hold everybody to that standard. But you don't treat everybody exactly the same of how you get to that standard, how you correct that standard, or how you – Praise that standard. Everybody's a little bit different. I think, you know, uh, AJ understands that. Um, you know, like I said, just a great teammate, a great person. That was one form of a compliment that Sirianni had for AJ yesterday. You know, AJ the guy, but he also strongly praised AJ the player. Um, in my opinion, best receiver that's been in Philadelphia, and I grew up a Terrell Owens fan, and I grew up a uh, Howie says I'm too young to, to uh, like Mike Quick, but I was a huge Mike Quick fan. Um, and it's pretty cool that I get to uh, do some interviews with him every once in a while. And But you look at the stats and you look at what A.J.'s done in a two-year span. He's he's had the two most productive years ever as a as an Eagle wide receiver. And so, man, like when you have one of your best players being also one of your best leaders, that's that's special. That's Where does Harold Carmichael jump in here? Well, I mean, so, he's I mean, definitely that. too young for him. Oh, yeah. He's too young for him. But okay. Carmichael, you're going to get to McDonald, Tommy McDonald. Okay. And, you, know, you know, we ran into a problem last year that the offensive coordinator, because A.J. was so good in part, or for, for a host of reasons, the offensive coordinator wasn't able to interact and, and I don't know, work well enough with A.J. Well, that was the report. of what it – Intimidation. Well, he was me... intimidated by AJ's like presence, by his attitude. What exactly? Here's what I'd say to that, Chuck. Well, here's what I. Th- that was the Marcus Hayes report. Mm-hmm. I wish that paragraph of Marcus Hayes's report included a quote, even if anonymous, from one of the players. Like there's in that in that story, there are quotes anonymous about certain things. Then you get this one line. About you want to know what intimid- type of intimidation it was? I want to know what specifically and exactly was said to Marcus Hayes by a player, even if anonymous, that led Marcus Hayes to put into a story that the offensive coordinator was intimidated by the player. Right. That's a big statement to put out there without context. Right. A big statement. And how did that manifest itself? Yeah, I mean the, the whole the whole thing. I mean, why what are we talking about here? To- Run their own plays. Yeah, yeah. That, that could be on it. the field. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's talk to our Eagles reporter. Elliot does a phenomenal job. It's uh, extra duty for him this week as he is in Indianapolis, site of the NFL Combine. Believe it or not, the players are looking at have kind of taken a backseat, at least for us, discussion-wise, to you know Howie and Sirianni and what they said, obviously. And Elliot joins us right now. Good morning, Elliot. 
Morning. How you guys doing? Oh, uh, well, well so Elliot, we've been reacting to it for the last two hours and 40 minutes, the press conference from yesterday. What was your biggest takeaway from something Howie said or something Nick said? What hit you the most yeah. yesterday? So I would kind of combine the, the two and just my overall takeaway from being there yesterday talking to him was I think they view the, the two sides of the ball in very different situations. Um, and I think they probably view the offense not as broken as maybe the general public does. Like, I do think, obviously, Kellen Moore is going to come in here. He's going to have a large say in what happens. Uh, he will call plays. But I thought Sirianni talking yesterday about meshing the two offensive schemes. And, you know, he's talked before about how things they, – they want to keep things that work. And he's always been pretty quick to kind of bring up, you know, they were top whatever in points or those type of things. So I think that this idea that Nick is going to be like a strictly CEO, hands-off the offense head coach, is probably not true. So I think on offense, they more view it as like a tweak, kind of, for lack of a better word. And then I think on defense, my takeaway from being here is it's going to be an exciting uh, Birdtown Hall when we have that a few weeks at at McGurk. So I think they're going to spend a lot of money in free agency. And I don't think it's going to be one-year deals on, you know, like a Rashad Penny, a Justin Evans. I think we're going to see, like, big-time money spent to some of the top defenders out there uh, and uh, positions in need, like, uh, and most notably, I would say, linebacker and safety. Wow. Elliot, have you had a chance to be around Kellen Moore much uh, yet at this point, and and what are your early impressions? So uh, we have not had a chance to be around Kellen Moore. He he has not spoken to the media, but even outside of that, um, I have not had a chance to be around him. So, uh, yeah, I I don't have any thoughts on him, like, personally, but like I said, I do think he's going to bring new schemes to this offense for sure. And I think that you will see changes with the offense. Mm -hmm. But I remember after that initial press conference talking to you guys and just everyone talking in general, it was, what does Nick do? And, uh, you know, the offense is being taken away from him. Mm -hmm. I just don't get the sense that that is is what what is happening. Did the dynamic – how did the dynamic between Nick and Howie feel different this year compared to last year? Very different scenario. You know, last year we're coming off a Super Bowl that we lost. Uh, how did their interaction feel different? I didn't think it felt different at all. Um, I mean, you know, I like just even watching them, like uh, after they speak at the combine, they walk around, they do other media. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've always really, I would say since Nick got here, but especially, you know, after a few months in, they got to know each other. I, they do seem like they genuinely get along. Like, I don't, I don't think it's a, uh, you know, just a show they put on. I know sometimes at the podium, they can get a little jokey and, you know, it seems a little forced, but I mean, the dynamic to me seems seems almost exactly the same. There there was one interesting moment where they slightly contradicted each other, uh, talking about playing young players. Yeah. Um, how we brought up that, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but essentially me and Nick talked about it, and, you know, maybe it's time to play some of the younger players or, or we should have done it last year. And then Nick was asked about it, and he was basically like, look, I'm a head coach. I'm going to play whoever helps me that Sunday. So I thought that was a little bit of, you know, an, an interesting contradiction, but – in terms of the dynamics, uh, you know, I don't sense any, like, tension or change or anything like that. They still seem to, to be in a good spot. Elliot, I'm struck by something you said in your first answer. You referenced that they're going to spend money, and you specifically said linebackers and safeties. Now, obviously, they'll spend some money, but it, not, like, it sounds like you're implying more than a million or two million. It sounds like you're implying oh, yeah. maybe a shift. Yeah. What did they say or what have you heard otherwise that gives you the impression there could be a philosophical shift of how they allocate money for defense? Yeah. So I get the sense that they don't view the defense as like a piece or two away, right? So I I think that they know to fix the defense for next year, it's going to take some major changes to the defensive side of the ball, especially in the back seven. And to accomplish that, like you can't do that all through the draft. And last year, if you look at what their kind of strategy was in free agency, 
it was almost like lottery tickets, like Rashad Penny, Justin Evans, Zach Cunningham, like guys who had had, you know, had some level of success in the NFL that were probably undervalued last year. And they took chances on those guys. And, you know, Cunningham had some good weeks, but ultimately they probably struck out on all those guys. I think that when they look at this offseason and the cap space that they have, they they know they need to find long-term fixes at those positions. So, so El- you know, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say with the linebacker, I think I think they're getting ready to spend a lot of money there. Now, obviously, a free agent has to be available. They have to come here. Like, it's no guarantee they'll be able to spend the money. But just the sense I'm getting being down here is that they are very willing to spend it. You know, that position. Ellie, let's let's talk about Hassan Reddick for a moment. You were right there, but for anyone who didn't hear what Howie said about Reddick, I'm going to play this audio and then get your interpretation. Here's Howie yesterday on the Reddick situation. Howie, can you give us an update on uh, Hassan Reddick? Where, where are things with Hassan's report? He was allowed to seek a trade. Do you expect him to be back next year? Well, I'd say this. Uh, Hassan, obviously, unbelievable player for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, local kid, great success story. Camden, Temple, Philly. Um, love having Hassan. I think that you know anything that you're trying to do, um, you're trying to blend, obviously, what you're trying to do this year and, and how you're going to look in the future. And I think that's the hardest job. But um, certainly, you know, don't want to get into any specifics with any conversations with players, but have tremendous respect for the player and the person. What's the best case scenario? Um, I think honest communication is the best case scenario with all your players and understanding um, where you stand and not having, not being afraid to have open doors of communication and hearing where they feel and where we feel. All right, Elliot, it was your question initially there yesterday on that topic. So my interpretation is Reddick is likely gone. Mm-hmm. What is your interpretation? So I didn't get that, that interpretation. I, I think that this is a really big week for what's going to happen with Hassan Reddick because – well, obviously, the Eagles have the final say on what happens. He's under contract next year. I kind of think the decision at this point is almost a little out of their hands in the way that it is really, really going to depend what other teams are willing to pay Hassan Reddick. And this week at the Combine, you have every general manager, every head coach, almost all of the big-time agents are here, and they will be talking, right? Like, this is, he's been given permission to seek a trade. They, like, the Reddick camp is going to go out and see what, what can he get paid. And my takeaway from Howie and just being down here yesterday was if Reddick gets a deal that the Eagles don't want to pay him, like they'll trade him. But, but I don't know if the market is going to give Reddick what he's, what he's looking for. They've consistently undervalued him. So if you were to ask me right now if Reddick is here in training camp, I would say yes. I think there's a better chance wow. he's here. Probably 50-50-ish, but, but I do think he, it's more likely he's here. Elliot, what about the running back position? you got some huge name running backs out there and available after they, after they weren't franchised. Are the Eagles focused on DeAndre Swift or a bigger name running back who could potentially be gotten for cheap? I, I would be surprised just because I think with the, the money they have, they're going to allocate it to the defensive side of the ball. I think and a little bit like Reddick, like the market is going to dictate obviously what these guys make. I mean, if you can get, let's just use Austin Eckler or Derrick Henry for $5 million. And yeah, I think they would probably have interest. Now, if there's, there's big time interest in these guys and they get, they get big money. No, I don't think they will. So I do think Swift um, is probably in a tough spot as a free agent, just because there are so many big name guys who, you know, would probably be perceived as better than Swift. Yeah. And that'll drive his value down a little bit because the team's willing to spend, we'll spend it elsewhere. But I think the draft is probably a place they'll look for a running back. Um, but I think most of the big money they spend this offseason will be on the defensive side of the ball. So how feasible a trade target is Legereus Sneed for the Eagles? 
You know, I would be surprised just because there was a report yesterday that he's going to be franchise tagged. And the tough thing about that is, and, you know, you don't know what that trade is going to look like, but let's say the Chiefs want a second-round pick. So on top of paying Snead, you're then going to have to give up a major asset to acquire him. I think if Snead hit the open market, they would be very much a player in, in, in him. I think that obviously he fills a position of need, but I also think he's a great culture guy. And I think a, an objective this offseason for the defense is going to be just kind of rebuilding it from the ground up. So the guys you bring in, the type of culture guys you bring in, I think really matter on that side of the ball. But there's going to be a lot of interest in him, a lot of teams probably willing to spend, and then the draft pick on top of it. I just think it makes it a tough thing to uh, pull off. Elliot, did you have to dig a little bit deeper to get your question in in the national scrum? Or uh, <laughs> are you just that good that uh, you were able well, to get, the, get in there close to the beginning? It is so funny, like being at these league events, you see all the different media markets and, you know, there's so, you know, they talk about the New York media market in Boston. Like there is nothing like the Philly market. I can assure you of that. Oh, yeah. Ruben knows. <laughs> yeah. Like you go to these other head coaches. And, so you, know, you feel like a warrior, that. like, like, do you intimidate other media people? I feel like a, like a seasoned vet. Like I would yeah. say there's not many people here from that can get questions in over me. But the funny thing is <laughs> nice. in Philly, like, you know, they're like, that's how it is with everybody. So there was the one or two questions that got in from, you know, the Georgia guy and the Colts guy. But if you listen to these other head coach press conferences, it's like 50-50 with yeah. national guys huh. versus local guys. So Philly nice definitely job. held it up. Well, the good, you know, the good story with that in the back uh, 10 years ago or so when Shil Kapati was briefly a, a Seahawks reporter, yeah. I think through yeah. ESPN, yes. and he famously like started screaming out a question of Pete Carroll in the first press conference he was at. And Pete Carroll's yeah. like, yo, dude, like, settle down. Like, <laughs> easy. <laughs> like, you know, there's probably only like four people asking a question. You're not in Kansas there. anymore. Exactly. Yeah. All right, Sheil, the um... – Not Sheil. Oh, no, Sheil, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Elliot, Elliot, the, well. the Sirianni messaging. So we've remarked today that it's getting old to us. I'm convinced this is a huge part of, of why – Lurie and Howie brought him back, that they believe in Sirianni as a culture setter, even though things went awry at the end. But I know for me, the messaging, I'm getting tired of hearing it. Do you think it is possible or likely that the players are getting tired of hearing the same freaking five core values over and over again? It's a a great question. I mean, I think there's there's, a way I would look at it is I do think – that when you know Jalen says the same thing over and over, and Nick say this, says the same thing over and over, there is an element of okay, like we've heard you rank the five core values, like we know that's what you believe, in. and the standard oh. is the standard, and blah blah but, blah, yeah. blah 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 blah. But but I do think there there is an element, and I think this is how the players feel. And if you know if you talk to him about Nick, like off to the side or whatever, like Nick is consistent, and like they know what they're going to get from Nick, and they know what he believes in, and it, and you know obviously he has a weekly meeting where he has a new message and stuff, but for the most part, like. What Nick preaches is what Nick preaches. So I completely understand from the outside looking in, like how it gets tiring. And, you know, I look, I'm at the press conferences when he starts to rank them again and talks about how he orders them. And like, I, I don't think it's like super compelling, but I think that as a player and, you know, Richie could probably speak to this. Like there is an element of like knowing what you're going to get from your head coach and knowing that he like truly, truly believes in that, that I think is, is probably, you know, a, a good quality for, for a player to have in a coach. I don't know, man. That's just – I don't know. I, as a player, I, I, I don't think it needs to be harped on all the time. I don't. I, at some point, we understand it. It doesn't need – this This is just how it is, and then you move forward. I don't know how, how but, but I would John also feels say, about that. But I would also say, like, we've 
we've done the thing before where we judge Sirianni off the presser and ask how players react to him, right? Like, I know last year was a disaster for everybody at the end, but I do think since Sirianni's gotten here, like, time and time again, and I've been part of it too, where we, you know, he has the flower comment or he has the introductory press conference or whatever, and we're like, oh, like, no one's going to believe in this guy, right? And then they they do. So I I, I get your point, but I I just – I, I don't think he know. Knows how to win the room over. I worry that the belief stems more from, hey, we got it pretty good with with this guy. You know, he we're we're practicing for forty five minutes and it's a walkthrough. But I don't think Kelsey's wired that way, John. Kelsey believes in okay, him because he believes in him. But he's still a human being who would rather practice in a walkthrough fashion for forty five minutes than three hours where you're hitting people. I don't, people. I don't, I don't, know, why I you, don't know why you view that as a bad thing. Like, you're, you're talking about well, how they like playing for him and they like the culture. Like, I think from a It's a bad level, thing if they're not getting the practice that they need. If It's a bad thing if it's too easy to where they're not getting uh, hardened right. enough and as, to and play or not, NFL or football. Or not being uh, held accountable. That's right. the other piece because right. I, I think, think that the leadership – yeah. Go ahead, what the, what this com- Well, what this comes down to is really, and this is the major question for the whole offseason, are the Eagles the last seven games or what they've been the last three years, right? So if you look at the last three years, there's no question the way Sirianni runs his team has produced a, like results that were above expectation and a lot of times like great results. So, you know, on one hand, to your point, John, like are they not practicing enough? Well, the last three years would tell you how they run things work, but the last seven games would tell you maybe it's not working anymore. So I think that's kind of what it comes down to. Like the players like playing for Nick. They like the way he does things. But do the last seven games show it's time for a change? I think we'll get the answer to that next season. Elliot, we'll get the Kelsey answer the next week and a half before free agency, right? Uh, I would think so. I mean, last year here in Indy, uh, I think is when the team found out what, what Kelsey was going to do. Um, you know, I haven't seen Kelsey in Indy yet. So, you know, t- reading that what you will. But like, I think you will find out in the next week and a half. Yeah. Final thing, Elliot, the combine, you know, like everything else going on at the combine. Um, what's going on? What happened yesterday? What's going on today? What's the schedule? Yeah, it's so funny. Like, I remember when I first started covering the combine, it was like you come here and it's such a draft event. You're excited to talk to the prospect. And you learn over time, like, it's not really a draft event. Like, it really is more about – pro personnel, the head coaches, the GMs, the agents, and all those things. So you're right. Like, over these next few days, players are going to work out. Uh, Jeremiah Trotter Jr. is going to speak to the media here in about 10 minutes. So it'll be interesting to hear what he has to say. Uh, the, over the next few days, they'll start to work out. The linebackers, the safeties, the receivers, the offensive linemen. So those things will matter. But I, I think for the most part, like, the Eagles' objective of being here is, is not as much the draft as maybe you would think. All right, a final thing, Elliot. Is there a running back this year that 97% of the audience is going to tell us they have to draft in the first round even though they never will? Is there, is there yeah, another Bijan? I, I think that guy plays linebacker for Clemson. Yeah, the linebacker for safety this year. Yes. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Uh, it would yeah. be exciting if they got Trot, Trot Jr. All right, Elliot, yeah. stay well, pal. We, uh, we shall talk to you presumably later this week. We'll figure out the schedule. Thanks, man. Sounds good. Talk to you guys. All right. Really good reporting from Elliot and good questions. Elliot, not all the questions. Let me say this. Not all the (laughs) questions were good yesterday in the press conference, but Elliot's were very good. All right. AMA, a segment we typically do earlier on Wednesdays in the 7 o'clock hour. Pushed it back a little bit today. And, John, we love doing AMA. Ask me anything. Sponsored by Bush Auto Group. Shop a wide selection of Nissans, Infinities, and over 200 pre-owned vehicles at BushAutoGroup.com. All right, Seltzer, what do inquiring minds want to know today? Let's start out with a staple. Any new movies or TV shows watched by you guys? Yes. Wire. Season 2. Yes! Good for you, man. My man. Just started. 
Love it. Proud and I actually it. like it a lot. And you know why I like it? Because it's great. I didn't know <laughs> Liv Schreiber as well as I know him now. And it's his brother, yeah. Pablo. Pablo. And I I really like Pablo. I didn't know Pablo. Nikki Sabaka. Yeah, I didn't know Pablo was. I, I didn't know about that relationship. Pablo's great. I like him a lot. Uh, you know, there's a couple for me lately. First off, recently I watched American Nightmare. It's one of those true crime documentaries on Netflix. Very good. It's not as good as some others, but it's very good. It's not as good as The Staircase. Not as good as Making a Murder. Is that the one with the girlfriend or the girl who kills the girlfriend and then pretends to be here for years? No. It's one where a girl gets kidnapped. And oh, that the scuba gear? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Uh, I'm also currently watching Convicting a Murderer. Which is trying to tell you that making a murderer was a bunch of nonsense. Which it was. Which it like was. Yeah. Kind of like it was. You're in a true crime, true crime uh, I got thing some right of that. Now. I watched yeah. Bill Walsh, The Football Life, recently. That was excellent. Ooh, so, the Oscar good. movies. Nice. Come on, buddy. I've I seen know. all 10 Best Picture nominees. Catch up. Well, you're a dork, but. <laughs> Every year, buddy. That's, Oscar that's completist. A, is it this weekend or the next? It's next Sunday. It's a week from Sunday. A week and a half. How many now. of yeah. those ten movies did you enjoy? All of them, actually. This really? is what, a, a really good year. I went, like my like Maestro. I didn't love of all of them. That would be my last. But this is a this is as good a year for movies in like four or five years. Can I, I just say this? Because you guys know. I mean, I'm glad to hear that, James. Okay. But, I don't know that I'm glad. It's kind of weird. No, it's better. I, it's better to have ten good movies than none. You do that every year. I, I do it every. Year. I didn't realize that you did that every year. Here's, that is a little weird. Here's my. That's a decamera esque thing to do. Well, I, I watch that. movies. It's he all I watch films. is movies. Yeah. yeah. But why wouldn't I watch the Because the I love the Oscars. Part. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. Here's this my. Here's me. my issue. Here's my issue as an American with the way the Oscars now do it. It's like baseball going to twenty six players. Freaking basketball goes to fifteen players. The 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 NBA playoffs go to 20 teams. Can we stop with expansion? It's been 15 years. Seltzer, when it was five movies, it was very easy for Americans to say, hmm, I've probably already seen two of these. There's three other movies I haven't seen. Let me watch those three. Bang, I'm ready for the Oscars. Yeah. You give me 10, you lose me. It's why I tell the college basketball, do not expand the tournament. If they ever go to more than 68, people will be out in droves. Don't be dumb. A lot of people are dumb. Thank you. It's my statement for the day. <laughs> That's great. Ruben, you know I'm right. Stop provoking. Ruben. I don't disagree. Ruben, I do not disagree. Ruben, what was the brilliance of Citizens Bank Park? Oh, we made it smaller. Correct. Yeah, more intimate. Correct. Yeah, all of it. Correct. Yeah, tighter. Thank you. Seltzer continues. Yeah, right. Ruben Amaro <laughs> co-signs what I said. Uh-huh. Take yeah. that, everybody. I don't know what that means. That. Yeah. I don't know that that's what happened. You're talking about different things a little bit. But, all right, Jimmy on Twitter asks, who would win in a fight between DeCamera and Devin? What? Oh, I know. Devin, Devin obviously would win. Thank you. I think Devin would win. I would hit her. I think Devin would, too. How am I going to win if I don't hit her? Well... I think she would win either way. She's got the reach so you're on saying it. you're saying if yes. I chose to. Yeah, if you were cho- obviously this is a fictional, you know, I'm hypothetical un- I'm uncomfor- thing. I'm uncomfortable with this. I don't like this. <laughs> Devin, what, what's your opinion? That's... I mean, I think I would win. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hell yeah. I right, follow up question. She would. I do you she would. do you mean that? Uh, well, now I feel I don't know. I don't I feel I... like I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think so. We already established I could probably throw a football farther than you. You have Ooh. established that. Well, we still need to put that to If we oh, do Lord. this free wow. throw thing, which is a possibility, that could be fo- that could be a yeah. feature that we'll day. We'll bring a football. Yeah. We'll bring a football. Oh, we make that happen. What about yes. you guys like in some feat of strength with arm wrestling <laughs> some or feat some- of <laughs> something? <laughs> that, like you're not going to actually fight, but no. how do we pit you against one another? Physically, 
Is it arm wrestling? Is that fair? I mean, <laughs> no, arm wrestling's tough. Because that's like one area of your True. body. True, I know. You know. I know. And, and he has an advantage. Just stronger arms. Yes. Usually. I don't like where this usually where this, where this. But we can find something. We'll pull ups. Yeah. <laughs> pull ups. <laughs> I bet you Joe could do that's zero pull ups. That's if I had to really guess, I bet you do zero. Whatever's less than zero is probably what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> have negative... you ever done a pull up in your life? Yeah, but come on. Is Wait, it... you? Yeah, are you Dude, sure? It's years ago. I mean, come on. I'm enough. Little job. Hard. Early peaker. There All right, let's do it. Moving your body. All right, one more. One more. This is from the real Giacomo Peterman on Twitter. Uh, he says, what would you estimate your IQ to be? High. Nailed it. <laughs> no, come on. That's arrogant. I'm just playing around. <laughs> no, what, whatever's like two points below the highest. <laughs> <laughs> two points below me. Got it. I, John, did you ever do an IQ thing? You, anything on yeah. this? Because I don't no. even know what the numbers are. How I really does don't. one even take an IQ test? Like, there are such you... things. Yeah, there are online. I had online? one done when I was yeah, really young. Yeah, you can do them online. I had done when I was younger too. Yeah, when I was really young, my mom never told me, but apparently they wanted to skip me a grade afterwards. Wow, oh. good for you. So you're smart. I don't, you're no, really no, no, no. I don't think I am now. There's well, a lot of people in this fan base who didn't think I was smart. No. <laughs> uh -huh. Well, that's the thing. It really doesn't matter what it is. It matters what you do with, with it. it. That's what well, I. There's also told all kinds that. of intelligence. Just because yeah, you can do right. well in IQ tests doesn't mean you're right. not smart at other things. Amen. Amen. Intelligence Amen. Man manifests totally. in different ways. Like how Carson Wentz couldn't read a defense. Could read a book, couldn't read a defense. And with that, AMA, <laughs> shut it down. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Like how you wrap that around. Yeah. <laughs> nice and, nice and tidy, really. To put a bow on it. Hence my uh, high, IQ. high IQ right there. <laughs> All right, let's go to Keith in Springfield. What's up, Keith? Hey, good morning, y'all. Going back a little bit on what we talked about was that whole Nick's jabbing culture. Um, and I just want to say that culture is, is obviously shifted to where it's not good. That's why they sucked at the end of the year. And it's such a priority. It eats, you know, tactical stuff for breakfast. And I think Nick's a, a moron tactically. But I think this culture stuff is going to resonate with the team. So I sort of disagree with John. It is separate, Joe. I loved your comment. Yeah, they are separate. Two, two totally different issues. Totally. Usually different organizations uh, responsible. You know, it's like. HR and those folks in, in culture, and then it's so. You know, hold on, you feel as though we're in good shape, like culture-wise, Keith? No, I believe I believe that Nick can establish a good culture with the team mm -hmm. he has there. I just don't want him calling plays. <laughs> I tell you, I, in that tactical world. Yeah, I I do think the fact that you're you're bringing in a new influx of a lot of guys, uh, he can continue to be honest and open and. You know the guys are going to like him because he is a player's coach. That That's going to help him, but this is going to take some doing. Uh, he's going to have to be really cautious with how he approaches the guys because there are players, I would guess, who are doubting, doubting whether he's got the chops to get them where they need to go. I would agree with that, but I, I would think it's probably more based on how he ran a bad scheme than ran a bad locker room is my guess. I could be wrong, but – you know, that could cut either way. Well, I mean, guys, we're talking about a coach who we are told without Big Dom, he's getting in fights with his players. Like, that's – whether that's true or not, I, I don't think that's likely. I think it's messy that that is even, like, rumored. Well, I, look, like, I, I think it we makes – need to give a little more respect to, to this man. Like, he, he can handle himself like an adult. I do believe that. He doesn't need Big Dom there to 
to, to help him do it. Well, but if he's getting in, in arguments, if he's not able to, to coexist well with the players, that's a whole other set of issues entirely. Don't you believe that happened in the game? What? I believe that, that in the game there were moments of contention that were beyond yes. the norm. I think that happens all the time in every game between players and coaches. And it very infrequently you well, get the, the video evidence for it. How much did it happen with Andy Reid? Not as much as yeah, not with, much with other coaches because yeah. he's. Sort it just of, happened the Super Bowl happened, though. Just we saw it happen in the Super Bowl. Who did he yeah. get mad at? Travis Kelsey Travis got Kelsey. at him. <laughs> to be fair to Reid though, Travis Kelsey freaked on him. Yeah. Reid didn't freak on Kelsey. But still, sideline stuff. No, I got yeah. you. Happened. All right, Keith, give me an answer for the best intro ever for a character in a movie. Hey, just one more comment if I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Reed, my daughter, she's 14. She loves you, and she's actually sat in my car on the way to school. She says, God bless that girl keeping those boys straight. Oh, that's so <laughs> sweet of her. Please tell her yeah. I said thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. I don't know I, if you've noticed. Say, I don't oh. keep anybody straight around here. I think you got that perspective. It's refreshing. You know, we remember Angelo days. Thanks for, for staying on. It was great to see you here. You still, so thanks thank a lot. You. Thank you. All right, what do you got yeah, an intro in a movie? My character Heath Ledger in uh, The Joker. It's a great coming answer. out. The whole scene is one of my favorites of all the time. The bank heist. Uh, he was oh, really so good. good. And he's killing all he the was... people on the team. And then they're like, yeah, they said one more share for me. And then at the end, he's like, my job is to kill the bus driver. It's great stuff. His, even his soliloquies. I mean, I mean, he was phenomenal in that movie. We, we, he was. And we have gotten some great answers today to this question. And there's one, Seltzer, you know, one of our coworkers texted us. A great answer. Phenomenal answer. From the early 1990s. A great answer. I'll leave it at that. See if someone gets it. Let's go to Ron and Monco. Hi, Ron. Hammer. Ron. Good morning. Great morning. Did you, did you make it through the uh, uh, through the uh, presser for Howie and... Uh, no, uh, I, I did not make... I actually died yesterday. I did not <laughs> make it through. I actually <laughs> died. Did you sit? Okay. Did you sit through the whole thing and listen to it? Well, I think I stood. Um, but okay. 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 You're two for I, two I, so I far. I can't get through it. I can't get through it. <laughs> okay. Well, Sitting, standing, dying, living. I can't get through it. And you know what amazes me? There had to be two hundred guys, two hundred people, and there were cameras and tape recorders, and and just begging. For to ask a question, only to get no kind of answer. Just, well, did you ever see the, the, a circle? Go ahead. I, I mean, it's it's just it's nauseating. Is what it is. It's just amazing how people just line up to to be fed that. You know what I mean? Well, it's, it's just amazing. Ron, did you expect them to peel the onion so far back that they give you every morsel of information? Yeah, yeah you know what? I know what they're going to do. I know what they're going to do. I'm on the other side of it. I'm saying it's amazing how everybody can't wait to get in that room to get a load of nothing. You know, it's just that that's what So I don't think it was a load of nothing. I think what I think what Howie Roseman said. Hold on, Ron. What Howie Roseman said about Reddick. Like he was asked, like, what's the what was the question? What's the uh, best outcome? Best, best scenario. Be- best yeah. outcome. And and his answer is that we communicate. Like that's telling you, it's telling me that the possibility of trading Reddick is really, really real, and that you know they they like run. That's information. You might view that as a pap. There's nothing to see here. Comment. I view that as. The general manager is telling the public, hey, guys, prepare yourself. There's a really good chance 
we're trading Hassan Reddick. But I think that was a foregone conclusion. The fact that this guy played oh, worth, he played thirty million dollar football for but he could fourteen have, million dollars. But he could have answered it differently. He could have said, "Yo, I want Reddick on this team." Are you kidding me? What are we even talking about here? Of course, Reddick's right. going to be an Eagle by him not saying because like, Ron, if you ask Howie Roseman, "Hey, Howie, is Jalen Hurst your quarterback next year?" He'd be like, "What are you talking about? Of course he's my quarterback next year." So when when someone gives a different type of answer. You know, and, and Ron, you know, I've been telling you for years, you got to have the nuanced ear. Because I know you got an ear, Ron. How we did talk I don't know that you guys, got the nuanced ear. How we talked about guys get what guys. That's why I turn it off. Your ear gets clogged. You got a lot of wax in there. How we talk about guys get what guys are. I want to give you my line. All right, give me, give, me, give, me your, give me your answer here. What do you got, this, buddy? This is the winning lineup, okay? It's Scott, Turner, Harper, Schwerber. Set it and forget it with Schwarber. Do or die in the four <laughs> hole. That's it. All right, Ron. Ron all right, Ron. Give me an intro for a character. Ron, what do you have? Castellano, JT, Marsh, Rojas, and then we'll see with this Mayweather how he plugs in. Castellanos. All right, Castellanos. <laughs> Let's get it straight, folks. I agree. Can we say it again? Castellanos. Castellanos. Thank you. Not Castellanos. <laughs> Castellano. Thank you. Thank Rube, you there's Robert. no chance that's oh, going to make any difference. I'm sorry, oh, pal. I, I, you got me. I'm done. All right, let's ask Ruben since he's since he, and John, I'm coming right back Good. to you, but Ruben, that 2017 Eagle that caught that first touchdown in the Super Bowl. Big tall guy jumped up. Nick Foles threw the ball in the corner of the end zone. His first name began with an A. His last name began with a J. You know who I'm talking about? No. All right. So Alshon. Alshon Jeffrey. Well done. Not Jeffries. <laughs> yeah. Alshon Jeffrey. Get the name straight. Let's tighten it up. Yeah. My Rhea, tell me if you remember this. 92, when the Flyers get Lindros, uh-huh. Al's first question in the press conference was. was not Al. I believe it might have been Glenn Mack. Oh, I or thought, no, okay. Tony Bruno. I, was it Tony? It was either it was either Tony or Mack now. And it was, is it Lindros or Lindros, right? Yes, and I will tell you. And for, everyone cracked up. Yeah, for years, I phonetically spelled it in my updates yep. so that I wouldn't say Dross. You were, you were accustomed to thinking drugs. Yes. Interesting. So, I mean, I literally wrote it out. I, I remember Hershey Hawkins. Yeah, that was I a mean, big one. that was all the time. Andre Iguodala. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's like, remember that? Well, that got to the point where, where he's, it was supposed to be Iguodala, yeah. and he just said, say it however you want. Remember he, that? Yeah. He actually was like, it's fine. I, I don't care anymore. It'd like, that was where they got there. to the point that. Iguodala. Yeah. Somehow a W popped what in What about there. the ones where Joe refuses to well, say the name sure. properly? Like Sharich. Even after Sarich. it's clarified yes. that it's Dario Sharich. You know my reason for that. The organization gave us two years of Dario Sarich while he was in Europe. And they fed Sarich to me. I wasn't ready to make the transition. I didn't care enough to make the transition. <laughs> you weren't ready to make the transition? <laughs> no, no. How about when Ty McCulloch his changed his name? Well, that was a whole other one. That was another one. <laughs> All right, give me the weirdest name change you guys, because I remember it, and I'm not talking well, World Rod Smart to He Hate Me. Is pretty well, yeah. Wow. I, meant, I, I, meant, I was going to say of a notable Philadelphia athlete. Trey Thomas. Well, Bingo. Rod, Rod Bingo. Smart wasn't Philadelphia No, but he wasn't athlete. a notable. Joking, Trey Thomas. And the best was like. We- well, it's we, crazy. We had him on the air, and he Trey's awesome. Great but when he was playing, he changed it. And then we had him on the air, and we, we said, we don't know how to do this. Yeah. And he goes, well, your family, you guys are allowed to do it. Like, he meant it, the yeah. fans, you know, because we were it just – after. it was like after 10 years. It was a long time, and all of a sudden, he's <laughs> William Thomas. And yeah. it's like, but we already have a we William Thomas. We already have Thomas. a Willie T. And then he went back to being Trey again. All right. 
So, John, you were shaking your head during Ron's entire phone call there. I mean, he's talking oh, about the lineup. I don't, I don't know what he's talking about. What? I, we, I we passed know, the we Joe. passed the point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So to me, far. to me, it's about the leadership. That that's where it becomes so difficult for Howie to deal with it. The, the The rules behind the game in, in, in NFL, the fact that Reddick is in this situation that he can actually go and look for a much better contract because they allowed it, him to. Yes, because they allowed him to. I understand. That puts him in such a tough spot when he's asked the question number one and what he has to do now. As as a GM, what's the best for the organization? Do I trade the guy? Do I keep him? Do I try to re-sign him? I mean, there's all types of things. I mean, that's where that's where I think the challenge for NFL GMs, man, it is really tough because it gives the player a lot more thunder. His ability, even though he's under contract with a team, yeah. to go to another team. Which is insane. Well, it's different. Well, he kept talking yeah. about the guys get paid what they get paid thing. And then this is a guy who plays the position that gets paid the most, aside from quarterback. It's just so unlikely. We had him on a three-year deal where he was getting $15 million a year. That is that's unbelievable. That is an unbelievable discount. You're right. <laughs> yeah, it's great it GM. absolutely is. And it's just like that, that can only keep up for so long because a guy is worth what he's worth. In the NFL, when you're a pass rusher yeah. and you've got three years in a row of double-digit sacks, you're no longer worth 14 or $15 million. You're worth 25 You're worth 30 You're talking about the multi-year deals, despite the fact that, you know, you're, you're getting up there and you're undersized and, you know, you're, you're a tweener. You, the proof is in the pudding. You have proven your worth in this league sure. and you're going to get paid accordingly. Ruben, you ever get rid of a player who would be under contract for the coming year? But you knew that he was unhappy with the deal, and you weren't willing to commit X number of dollars for future years. And you said, "I'll, I'll trade him to get rid of the situation." Uh, not because of money, but because of the uh, because of the respect for the player. Um, I, I've made some deals to to move the guy on when he wasn't going to be an effective player for us, and he really needed an opportunity to go somewhere else. I, I is that easier to do when you're not a good team? Meaning, oh no question. What's in the best interest of the oh, player? Yeah, when you're average or below average, yeah. that comes more into focus than you're trying to chase. A Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely, it's a lot easier when you're not, you know, you're not chasing a, a championship. Um, but I've had to go the other way, where like a guy is just not you know, Jeff Jenkins, perfect example. I mean, Jeff Jenkins just wasn't the player that he was. We signed him to be, and one hit. We had a he made a <laughs> seltzer. I mean, one it's hit. huge, but a hell of a hit, <laughs> a buddy. Hit. What a hit! But, but, and a great guy, and a very difficult decision to let him go, and something you know, we ended up having to eat six million dollars. That's a lot of glue to have to eat, and you know, I had a lot of support from the from the ownership group at the time, and and so you know, sometimes you got to make those tough decisions. And I got one more. Now that we're back in that era, Ruben, I've heard this story. Tell me if this is true. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. What was the name of the Japanese player you guys had as your twenty fifth player in 08? What was his name? So Taguchi. So, so Taguchi. Oh, he yeah. was so Taguchi. Right. <laughs> 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 That's well done. All right. So I heard that after you guys win the championship in you know, the World Series that he was the one guy that left town and didn't sign, like, all the baseballs and all the bats and all the stuff that would complete, like, hey, all 25 players have signed and perhaps some manager, you know, manager and coaches. And so all this memorabilia went out that didn't have him. And so I have heard 
that he is a sought-after autograph because, like, he completes the team. <laughs> if you track him down in Japan, or if he flies in here, signs stuff. Is that I, is that true? I, I believe that's true, but you can't quote me on it because I'm not quite sure. But yes, he's. Uh, I've heard that as well. I honestly, I mean, it's a brilliant move by him if it's intentional, which it probably wasn't. Uh, I don't think because it was intentional. think about it, he could a charge a ton, he could charge a ton of money to complete the team. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he could. He could. Seltzer, remind me if we ever yeah, win a right? championship. Yeah, he I'm may not... surface somewhere, and I can't remember where it was. I think he might be in a front office somewhere in one of the teams in the in the east, but I'm on the far east, but I'm not sure. Pretty cool. All right, two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Up ahead, if you missed the Conklin masterpiece today, we'll get to that. Time's yours as well. Joe Cameron, John Ritchie on WIP. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty instantly. When you place your first wager at BetMGM, simply download the BetMGM app, sign up using code WIP150, then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, King of Sportsbook has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. No matter your team or your sport, BetMGM is for you. Download the app today. Get one. I got my first real six string. Bought it at the five and dime. Shout out to John Runyon. Yeah. Was the summer of 69. It's a great song. Really is. Kind of don't want to cut it off. Now, at some point we got to. We got to get the Twitter poll question of the day. Never get far. Bills are trying to go all the way. Part of going far is getting it right at the start. Not just to start the season of April, but who should bat lead off? We'll close out this. What do they call this? A stanza? Is that a stanza? Sure. Or is that the refrain? I don't know which. That's the stanza. The stanza. Yeah, it's the stanza. Yeah. All right. Let's get to today's Twitter poll question of the day. It's brought I to think us that was by... a verse. A verse. Yeah, okay. a verse. Same a idea, verse. though, right? A stanza and a verse? I, I don't know. stanza was like in poetry. poetry. I, think I thought so, too, Devin. I thought I'm so, too. I'm with you there. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, when James confirmed it, I was confused. I didn't know. Maybe. Uh. All right. Let's see if Ruben and Devin have an answer to this. Neither, uh, neither were here yesterday. You might not know this of it. I would be shocked if Devin knows of this. All right. Okay. I'll be shocked. It's just old, it Devin. It's, it's 80 years old. <laughs> what, what, you think people oh, don't read God. books we and watch them back to this? I have no idea this? what this is about. All right, Let's here we go. Here and we again, go. we were talking about the movie. You here were talking we go. about the book. All right. Did Shane die at the end of Shane? Uh. <laughs> at the end of what? I thought Shane. There you go. See, my, I'm not surprised. Okay, yeah. So you don't, don't know Shane. You, Devin. My thought process on that was that Shane did die. Thank you, Ruben. Yes. I thought the, Thank I think you, slumped Ruben. over. There's Thank no you. way he right. shot. Done. And you're talking about the movie, right? Correct. Yeah. So we battled for this about three hours yesterday. I was talking about the book the whole time. Right. These guys the are talking only about one. We didn't know it until the I didn't read the book. Well, I did. I read I it like, either, three Ruben. or four times. As a matter of fact, I freaking brought the book in. I don't have to. I, I just remembered this. I just remembered I brought the book in. Look, I will not read stanzas. Is that the term, Devin? Stanzas? How could he possibly be Shane. alive? Shane. Well, I think in books it's, How, because it's he, a because, paragraph. Because he rides off after the fight. He's fine. He's having Man's a conversation. He's talking to the dead. kid. He's not dead. Thank Thank you, Ruben. a doornail. Thank He's you. Dead. about to fall off. Yeah. Uh, not, in the, about not in the book. Boom. Not in the book. Yeah. 
No, he ain't old Slumped yet. over, old done. Even our yep. boss, Rod Lakin, sat and Rod never raises his voice. He's like very, he goes, he's dead, yeah, Joe. But what, he's dead. But what do we know about <laughs> WIP program directors who are known as the boss? What do we know about them, Seltzer? But that you're their boss? They report to me. <laughs> How did I know? Okay, oh they report to okay. me. There we go. All right, Twitter poll questions brought to us by Armin Chevrolet. Armin offering the highest quality certified pre-owned vehicles in the Delaware Valley. Together, let's drive. Visit ArminChevy.com. Let's all go on the record here, and we'll talk a lot more about this in March, but we'll just wrap it up for today. Who should bet lead off for the Phillies this season? Schwarber, Stott, Turner. Rhea, what's your inclination? Stott. I, I, I had originally, like, when I had always wanted Trey, but then I thought about how the lineup was going to look, and I'm going to go with Stott. All right, we got one for Stott. Seltzer, where are you? Kyle Schwarber. Uh, 571 winning percentage with him leading off. 484 without. Boom. Devin, where are you at? Stats don't lie. Kyle Schwarber. Okay. Uh, Richie, where are you? I want to try to get out from under the Schwarber leadoff. So, Stott. Okay. And then it, if it fails, I'm open to the possibility of maybe going back. All right. So, two so far for Stott, two for Schwarber. Re, uh, Ruben, where are you? I am Schwarber, but if I was the manager, it would be Stott. How about Wait, that? I don't understand. That is fascinating. What is that? I don't Explain. What, what does that mean? Because I, I I can't look into the Rob Thompson's mind right now, but I know that um, he probably toils with this a lot because I think his baseball mind tells him that Stott might be the best. Stott or Turner might be the best choice. I believe that the numbers do not lie in this situation, and Kyle Schwarber, when he is in the leadoff spot, they win more games, and it's about winning more games, period. And that's why he's going to lead off. Well, and I'm okay with it. My inclination is Trey Turner, but I I, I don't like having Harper bat four if I go righty, lefty, righty, lefty. So I don't like that part of it, and I don't want Stott and Harper to bat back-to-back lefty. So I think what I would do is I would stick with Trey and I'd move Harper to four, but I don't love that, but that's what I would do. So. Yeah, I just I, I think that why do you think there's a bit why do why is there such a difference between Trey and Bryson? Like why wouldn't Bryson, who's coming from the other because side? Because I of think the plate, Trey will have a higher on base percentage because he walks more. I, I disagree. Bryson with that. has an incredible eye. It's just a matter of what you're yeah. asking him to do. I, I, think, I, think, I think more I think Turner's actually more of a slasher and a hacker than I thought he was. I don't think he walks nearly as much. And I think, mm. no, I but think Bryson as he gets older, he's gonna get better and better. With his plate discipline, well, I know I they throw him yeah. a lot of strikes. And so he's seen more strikes than anybody, I think. Yeah. But I also expect uh, Trey Turner to have a higher batting average than Bryce and stuff. I do believe that right now he yeah. will. Yeah. So anyway. Right now he will. All right, poll results. I have him in front of me, John. So obviously we were all over the place on this one. Where do you think the audience came in? Uh, I have no idea. No clue. <laughs> well, Truly is... no clue. How is it phrased, Joe? It's phrased, who should bat lead off for the Phillies? I... <laughs> <laughs> Confusing phrasing. How am I supposed to parse that out? three choices. <laughs> Bam! Uh, is, it, is it as close to a third yes. each as yeah, it, it is. you've ever it been? Is. Yeah. It's, one of, it's, it's one of them. We'll talk a lot about this in March. The ultimate... When we crank up a lot of Phillies before the season preview shows, this will be a big one because the audience is extremely split on this. Wow. So does Schwarber win? Trey Turner wins. 39% for Trey. Schwarber, 33. Stott, 28. Rev, really close. Rev your oh, engines wow. for March, ladies and wow. gentlemen, because we'll, we'll be talking more about this. You know this what's beautiful about this? Mm. They have three choices. Yeah. Like legitimate choices. 
yeah. that's the beauty of the lineup. I think that it's really, really interchangeable. And you may shoot, you might see Whit Merrifield leading off some games. Yeah, that might happen. I don't need that. I'm just—he's a good player. Man. I, I, I'm, I'm joking. Stop it! I'm, I'm just trying to be dismissive. I'm joking around. <laughs> All right, let's listen to Conklin. He put something together, just spectacular for us today. It relates to the irony of the Eagles. It seems needing uh, Jalen Hurts to be more vocal and uh, Nick Sirianni to be less vocal. We had referenced yesterday Alanis Morissette's great song, "Isn't It Ironic," and uh, Marilyn Mike uh, popped out of the lab that Conklin had walked into. This is really good stuff. Listen to this, and then we'll get right back to the phones. We got a head coach who can't control his emotions. We got a quarterback who shows no emotion. Sirianni is a hothead, but he's got no juice. Jalen Hurts is stoic. He can't keep his teammates loose. And isn't it ironic? The standard is the standard. Don't you think? I know what the fuck I'm doing. It's like a home game played in Brazil. A running quarterback who doesn't give you a thrill. We just ink this guy for 250 mil. And who would have thought if the years they had to keep the coach? From throwing a fit, they brought in Dom to babysit. But it's so damn strange, a quarterback's robotic. And as the team crashed down, we thought, our coach is just chaotic. And isn't it ironic? I got text from my brother. Don't you think? It's a shame. It's a real sad day. 250 million! <laughs> and he's already paid. First Wentz now hurts. Have they suffered the same fate? And who would have thought it figures? You know, it's a funny game. When your quarterback moves like it has no crew. Everything blowing up like Wentz, it's deja vu. It's like a home game played in Brazil. A running quarterback who doesn't give you a thrill. We just ink this guy for 250 mil. And who would have thought it figures? Football's a funny game. Yeah, yeah it is, Merle. You know, it's a funny game. <laughs> and there it is, Conklin, just doing all sorts of Conklin things. Marilyn Mike and Conklin and Alana Smart said all rolled into one. A spectacular job by Joe. Of course, speaking of spectacular, you can see his spectacular show, Conklin's Comedy Show at the Church of the Incarnation. That's on Main Street in Mantua, New Jersey, on Saturday, April 20th. Also this spring at St. Luke's Church on Easton Road in Glenside, that's on Saturday, April 27th. For tickets to these or any of Joe's shows, including the opportunity to book Joe for a private event, get yourself to JoeConklin.com. You can see Joe Conklin's comedy night as well at Parks Casino in Ben Salem every other Thursday night on Thursday, March 7th. It's J.J. Ramirez and Jocelyn Shaw. 
for tickets. Go to JoeConklin.com. JoeConklin.com. We thank Joe. Great stuff. Let's get to Felipe. He's calling from Allentown. Hi, Felipe. Good morning. Morning, crew. Uh, great job, as always. Uh, Devin, stop. I want to keep that going. I want to make two quick Phillies points. Uh, we keep bringing up this idea that uh, Schwarber going to lead off is the reason they kept winning. If you remember last year, their pitching was not going deep in the games. Bullpen was pitching way too many innings. I think that had a lot more to do with their winning. Now, my personal opinion, Stott would be first. And the reason for that is you simply don't bat your best home run hitter first. You bat them behind your best hitters. If you bat your best home run hitter behind seven, eight, nine, uh, you're not going to get as much bang for your buck. So that's my personal opinion on the matter. And I'll uh, ask yeah. Ruben if where he thinks the best home run hitter should bat. I mean, in this day and age, it's way different than it used to be. Um, it doesn't necessarily see the re- one of the reasons why a Schwarber is hitting in the one hole is because I'm not sure if he makes enough contact in RBI situations when he's hitting in the four, five, or six hole. That's fascinating. That's my thought is that he swings and misses so much and has, has strikes out so much that when he has RBI opportunities, I'm not sure that he's the guy I want there to be the RBI guy. And so that's sort of a concern for me. Really good point. That's why I think that he's probably better off in the one hole than he is in the four. It's a great point, Ruben. That's fascinating. You you threw me for a loop, Ruben. So you got me on that one. You got everybody. (laughs) (laughs) That that makes a lot of sense. So it makes all the sense in the world because uh, you know a guy on third base, less than two outs. You want a ground ball to the middle infield, or you want a sack fly. I'm not sure. I think. He's going to be working on that. It's something that I think Kyle Schwarber wants to work on because he's he's been a more complete hitter in the past. When he was drafted, I mean, pretty good hitter out of IU. But um, but he's kind of gotten away from it, and he's so pull conscious now, and he probably pulled the ball more than anybody in baseball last year. I think there's, there's some kind of number that says that. But I think it's more about him wanting to make more consistent contact throughout the field and use the field more because that'll give him more opportunities to be productive. You know, I'm starting to think this Ruben Amaro guy might know something about baseball. <laughs> I don't know. I changed my mind. You got me. I changed my All mind. All right, Felipe, give us a great answer for the introduction of a character in a movie, the best ever. Now, I'm, I'm a little confused on this. When Schwarzenegger comes through the time loop and goes into the bar and beats up all the bikers, is that the first or the second? It's the second. That so is that T2. And the first one, he beats up Bill Paxton or kills Bill Paxton. But he's, so the second, that wouldn't qualify as an answer then, would it? Well, well that's not, an interesting but, point. I don't know. No, no, but 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 before he does that, he it's, emerges. He's naked, he's in naked. The, in the, and it's in both movies the exact yeah. same he way. So naked, you yeah. can't. Yeah, you can't have the scene where he beats up the biker crew. It would be the emerging naked scene. It's the second scene. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, it's a good try there, Felipe. As they I mean, say. it is iconic. The shot of him in that like kind of yeah, but it's crowd. not going to no, win. it's not going to win. Not going to win. Uh, all right, let's do what we do every single day at this time. All right, Times Yours brought to us by Xfinity Mobile, the sponsor of WIP's Xfinity Mobile Lounge. Discover the nation's best-kept secret 
and switch to Xfinity Mobile. Now with the best price for two lines of Unlimited. Let's hit it with Tom's yours. Enough with core values. Enough with core values. That might have worked with Hal Free when you sat down and talked to them years ago. That sales pitch. Nobody's buying anymore. Nobody's buying. The real issue is what's going on with your quarterback? Is he turning into the next Carson Wentz? What's wrong with your defense? It was one of the worst NFL defenses that I've ever seen. Let's not forget third down was atrocious. They had a stretch during the season where that defense gave up 10 touchdowns on 10 straight drives. Give me a break, core values. <laughs> well, they do need better players defensively. That is clear. Oh, yeah. I'll work on the best uh, the two offenses together. You know, uh, my offense didn't score any points at the other last half, and then uh, Kelly Moore's offense, but uh, I'll the head coach. Yeah, that's not going to cause any problems and stupidity <laughs> and confusion. What a dumb team this is becoming. That was a pretty good Nick. It was. Well, that was not decent. Yeah, heard. that's not one bad. of the best we've heard. Yeah, That was solid. Man, great win by the fly guys. But how crazy is it that the power goes out and it's against the lightning? <laughs> What's next? <laughs> they get possessed by the devils, get chased around the ice by bears, Bruins, or heck, even get Buried by the avalanche. Make up your own. Time's yours. Look, as long as it's not during the Pico power play. play. That's a good point. As long as it's not that, Uh then it's okay. Yeah, about the story about players not getting treated the same. Take it from an older guy. Life isn't fair. Get used to it. Time's yours. Yeah, no, life isn't fair. Guys don't get treated the same. Pat Pat Gillick had a good... uh, We like to treat all our players the same, just fairly. But we treat them a little bit more fairly than others. <laughs> Bingo. Bingo. And with that, Time's Yours, we shut it down. The Time's Yours line. Leave Joe and John a message of your thoughts, compliments, and complaints. Call 215-238-4500. All right, so the Flyers thing. I meant to get to this earlier. Uh, let me get this in now. So he- here's where they are. with. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 